years on the show, I'm 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 never sure. Uh, I feel like I have a limited amount of time to pick out all the gems. Oh, dude, should, should I just, get all the diamonds or should I get all the gold? <laughs> Whatever you want, man. Man, you were well received on the last show. That's nice to hear. I'm really I'm glad to hear that. Hey, are you on social media? Intermittently, you know, I I guess I kind of have a uh, my you're my social media, you know, got like fall. Uh, oh, our connection's was, really bad. Maybe it's because you're moving around. Probably. Um, I don't. I'm not. I don't have time for social media, you know. And then when I go on right. there, it's just it's a cesspool. <laughs> it is a it is a cesspool. I was just kicked off of Instagram. Oh, you got kicked off? Yeah. And you know what's crazy? I didn't care at first, but in the last like couple of days, I've been trying to get people on my podcast, and and my account had a blue check mark. And you'd be surprised at how valuable that is at getting people to come on the show because I'll DM people, and my DM will land in their inbox, and if it has a blue check mark, they'll respond to it. But if it doesn't, they're just like, "Oh, it must be some just scam." Oh man, what what was your crime against humanity? I don't know. So I don't even know, Dale. But I, I asked one of my friends uh, who comes on the show regularly, Andrew Hiller. I'm like, he goes, what happened? And I said, I don't know what happened. And he goes, well, I know what happened. And I said, what? And he goes, everything, everything you post. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe just everything. But someone called me last night who had their account taken away, who got it back. And they said, hey, they got one of their accounts back. And the sign that you can get it back is you'll see remnants of your account still on the app. And I do see some remnants of it. So, wow. It's interesting. You know, there's a couple lawsuits and other uh, media, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. They've got some lawsuits against them that basically they've been colluding with the government. I've been following them. Oh, Dale, uh, our connection is so bad. You're saying good shit and I can't hear it. That's That's where you were sitting last time, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, same spot. I can move. Yeah. I can go in the kitchen. Um, is there, be- is, is there better Wi-Fi there? Are you closer to the router there? Nah, no, I'm actually probably in a better spot right here. This is my desktop. This is where I work from. Hmm, I wonder. Do you do, does uh, and if you look in the upper left hand corner, does it say your signal is weak, or does it show like some bars missing? Oh, yeah. No, I got. Maybe you said it. Uh oh. Libby, what's in your mouth? Is that a pacifier? Libby Budak. A big uh, Dave Matthews. Ah, damn, Dale. Yeah, Dale, could you try the kitchen? This is bad. Oh, or 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 log off and log back on. You want to try that once? Yeah. How do I? Oh, just leave studio and come. Yeah, try that. Yeah, I'll log off and log. Okay. Good morning, guys. Yash, Manny, Bruce. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Mr. Jeffrey. Mr. Jeffrey. Patrick, Chase. Good morning. Libby, good morning. Elise, Elisa, Elise, Elisa, Elisa, Elisa. I don't think I've ever written this name. That's why every time I see it, I I, I don't know how to say it. Uh, Jody Lynn, Vindicate. Oh, get your Vindicate Plan B shirts. Get your TDC CEO shirts before they run out. Damn, I love these shirts. I wonder if all the people I hang around 
throughout the day at all the kids' events I go to have noticed my entire wardrobe has changed. Ooh, you guys are piling in. Alan, good morning. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Big and flexi. Oh, big and flexi. We got to get you scheduled. I think it's going to be after. Uh, I think it'll be after the CrossFit Games. Man, the schedule is getting is getting crazy. I just heard. Um, I'm trying to do two or three or four podcasts a day as we get closer to the games. Just having the athletes just pile in. But I also just heard that uh, I spoke to Greg last night, and he's coming to town. Greg Glassman's coming to town for four days to do some talking here in Santa Cruz. And I don't want to miss that. So I'm not sure. Let's see if that works better. Oh, you sound good now. Oh, that's good. Oh, is there, do I hear a baby? <laughs> what? That's a cat. Oh, nice. Let him out. Let him out. There we go. That's better. Where are you getting, Dale? You're in Kansas? Uh, yeah. Uh-oh. Okay, so, 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 uh, you were following so the social media cases, people getting yanked off of social media. You said you were following some of those cases closely. Tell me about that. Yeah. So there's a couple. Oh, son of a bitch, Dale. Hey, Dale, can maybe <laughs> no, on the router? Yeah, yeah. How that? Try that. I see you. It's it's bad. Oh, that bums me out, man. Yeah. Maybe uh oh, oh, where hold is on it? Okay. Okay. No problem. Yeah, that's where uh, Jacob Hepner went. He went and parked his car in the strip club. That is true. Is that what was the name of that club? Helpers. That's where we did the podcast from. That was pretty cool. Yeah. You're frozen solid oh, now. Go to Helpers Strip Club. Let's see if this works. All right. Better. That was router. Nope. Oh, you're going to have Cara uh, Webb slash Cara Saunders on? I just saw somebody uh, pump that up. Yeah, we are. Um, Dale, w- uh, you're still so frozen, dude. Am I frozen when I talk to you? Yeah. Is there, is there another place you can try? Yeah, I could try. I could try one other thing. I could try a different okay. network. I could use my cell to stream. Man, what a pain in the ass. I'm sorry. Hmm. Not your fault, man. It's bad, uh, bad interwebs. I don't know. Let me see if there's a better place or maybe if I'm upstairs. I like the cat. What is the cat stuck in a room somewhere? No, the cat's just a pain in the ass. They just, we got very talkative cats. Dr. D what's up, brother? Good morning. Dr. D that should be my nickname. I like it when you walk around the house, everything's great. Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. Try it now. See how it is now. I'm okay. as close to the router as I can be without plug. I'm tempted to plug into it. I don't have a plug with me. But okay. uh, it's not good lighting, is it? Uh, it's okay. We, we just need to hear you. We just need to hear that giant brain as, it, as air gets bent around through your windpipe and then come out through your microphone. There we go. How's that? Hey. I was looking at the stats today of um, – I want to go back to the to the, um, to the the uh, social media thing. But, oh, it's fucked up, Dale. Now you're stuck. <laughs> I can't even hear you at all now. Bad lighting is better Dude, than I poor heard, audio. I didn't hear any of that. This is terrible. 
Let me let me log off and see if I can get a better. Alan says maybe it's you here. should take out your anal plug. Maybe your anal plug is causing interference yeah. in the. Uh... It could be. That could be. Oh, there it. you go. Maybe you're good. I don't know. Maybe. I think you're good. I know. Now it's good. I just saw yes. that too. Can it just balance there? Hold on. Is your computer in a good spot? It's not. He's in the middle of the country somewhere. He's where most of you guys live. What's that called? Flyover land. Oh nope, you froze again. Damn it. I was looking at the numbers for police. No, yeah, number of police in the United States and then uh, alcohol-related gun violence. One-third of all gun violence is alcohol-related. Uh-oh. Now, Dale, now, Dale, you might even have to log off. You're completely frozen. Dale, go let the cat out of the bag. Heidi. Power cycle at all. <sighs> I appreciate that. Yeah, Dr. D, button lowercase. Oh, Mr. McGavin. Newcastle. That used to be my favorite beer in, in college. Not the one I could afford, but, but but the one I preferred. Just walk around the whole time. It's a thought. He froze. Got my Hiller rep, no Hiller, no rep tank top and no plan BT in the mail. Awesome, Karina. Karina Rain. Is that your real name? It's a good name. Shooter McGavin, I like I can compete against you. Why? Is this dude good? Jeez Louise. Is Mr. McGavin good crossfitter? Yeah, I loved that brown ale. And anytime I would try any other brown ales, they didn't um they didn't do the same for me. Now the th- I now I don't even like beer at all. It's weird. Mr. Rhodes, say hi to Dale for me. Do you know Dale, uh, Mr. Rhodes? Do you know? Good morning. Good morning. There's the other Elise. There she is. I don't know if you guys saw Trina started a Reels account. I wish I could remember the name of it. Maybe it's Go Rogue Sevon or Sevon Gone Rogue or something. It's it's just Reels from the show. It's pretty cool. Oh, we're back. Hey, and the video here is amazing. All the other spots, the video was ass. It's just the audio. Yeah, right? the, you're real cool. I don't know, man. Dale, do you know Cobra Rhodes? Yeah, yeah. Andrew Rhodes. How do you know him? From from how do you know him? Uh yeah, through he Travis. Was, yeah, through Travis. But he was at the games and then he he and I hit it off. I think he's from my old hood. I think he's from where I grew up. We're both Rhode Island. Wow. Dale, we might not be able to do this show. Fuck, I'm sorry, man. I don't know what's okay. going on. Hey, run, can you run a speed test real quick and see if shit's weird? How do I do that? Um, you just open up a, a new tab and just type in speed test. Or Leonard, holy shit, we can see him now. We can. Uh, going rogue with Sevon, is that it, Bruce? Yeah, it's a pretty cool. Uh, she, she's killing it, actually. It's not pretty cool. She's just killing it. She's just yanking shitloads of clips from the show and putting them up. I like it. I'm flattered right. by it. I can see my speed test. Crazy. We can hear the cat better than you. We can't hear you, but we can hear your cat. <laughs> oh, now it's up. It's pretty good now. 
Okay. Twelve. I just don't think we're going to be able to pull this off. It's 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 too it's too. Um, have you ever had this problem before at your house? Internet problem. Went a wire and it's been a pain in. It's been terrible, and we did Google Fiber and everything, and it's. Oh, enough. You're gone. Fine. I am sorry. All right. Uh, do you? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess we could. I'm trying. I want to reschedule, but what? I, I don't know. I, we got to fix this problem. Should I send you out a cord? <laughs> do you want to send me your address? How long? How far is the is the uh, router from where you can sit? How many feet? How many feet long Ethernet cable do you need? Dude, I, I was upstairs right next to it, and it was shit. Okay, so that I means see you clear. Now yeah, it's just so choppy. It's just so in and out. And I feel nah, bad. We're 13 sucks. minutes in. Okay. Yeah. Okay, tell All me. Right, now you're good. Okay, tell me. So you've been watching the Facebook uh, people getting booted off of social media. Yeah, and uh, so I've got a colleague who's wants to is just dying to sue them and um and uh, i'm i'm all in i'm like as soon as we get the opportunity but it looks like some state's attorney general louisiana and one other one they just got expedited discovery against uh twitter in a case down in louisiana it just came out the order came out like yesterday the day before and so expedited discovery has been ordered against uh, some of the social media companies now we'll see if they take an appeal of that decision or whatever but a judge down there, federal judge, has said, "Yeah, they gotta. We're gonna do this on an expedited basis, in the same way that uh, Twitter asked for an expedited trial against the Elon. Expedited, you know, move it forward and get that thing going. So it's it's all fascinating. Okay, let me ask let me ask you some questions now. Damn, you look good now. Okay, so uh, a year ago, I was like, um, fuck the people." Facebook is owned by someone. They can do whatever they want. If they only want black dudes on there, they can only have black dudes on there. If Twitter only wants fucking um, uh, people who are highly medicated and lack any capability and just complete bitches, let it let it be that. Who cares? And then someone said this to me, and and I'm going to say it so poorly and you're going to have to unfuck it. You can do that until you get in bed with the federal government. Once you get in bed with the federal government, you have to follow the rules of the Constitution. And I go, I don't understand. I'm just a dumb podcast host. Actually, I didn't even have a podcast now. And they said, (laughs) well, think of it this way. Uh, It's the same thing with why Southwest didn't want to um, force their pilots to take the um, vaccine, but they had to because they have contracts with the federal government. So once you, so can you explain that to me? Somehow social media is in bed with the government. And so therefore they have to follow the rules of the government, which means you can't just kick people off because they're black or because they're Jewish or because they're against abortion. I'll give it to you a better way. A better analogy is this. So suppose, suppose that um, the federal government wanted to get info on you Uh and, but they don't have any reason to come after you. They got no, no basis. They couldn't get a warrant, no probable cause. And so instead they got Haley one day in the parking lot of the grocery store and they were like, Hey, listen, I feel my blood boiling. (laughs) And they said, I I've been in some of these cases and they said, Hey, listen, they, they caught her doing something like she left uh, the boys in the car while she went inside. Okay. To the grocery store real quick, you know? And and some cops were waiting for her when she came out, and they said, "Hey, listen, Haley, 
we're going to take these kids away unless you agree uh, to go through Sevi's computer. Here's this um, thing we want you to install on his computer, and this will download everything, and then and then you give it back to us, and we're going to take your kids away. At that point, she's a government agent, and so okay. she's subject to all the same rules that the, the government would be, and so the, the Constitution now applies. She's working. You know, she might as well be a cop at that point. Right. I've had cases like that where sometimes it's voluntary, where someone goes to the government and they go, I want to narc on my spouse. And yeah. the government goes right on. And they think, OK, this is great because now we don't have to get a warrant. But that <laughs> that's that's not how it works. You're the government. You're subject to those rules. It's not the whole point of the Constitution isn't as long as the government finds a private actor to do what they want, they can get around the requirements of the Constitution. It's, it's about agency, really, at that point. You're just an agent of the government. And so what what I was amazed at, and this happened about, I don't know, six months ago. I forget what it was, but um, the White House press secretary got up and said in front of the entire American public that the, the president of the United States and the administration was basically squeezing social media companies to punt people off and you know, yeah, uh, that was the redheaded. That was the redheaded lady, right? Yeah, and I, yeah. I sat there watched it, and I was like, I, I couldn't believe it. I was in shock. I was like, did they just admit that it's state action? And I thought the lawsuits are coming, but it's amazing how cowed people are. I mean, it was an open admission. What's that, that word mean? Cowed. Cowed. C o w e d. What's that mean? How cowed uh, people, people are? Have fat. Been- Does that mean they're fat? <laughs> no, intimidated. Oh. Intimidated. Oh. Uh. So what is what is the what what relationship does Facebook and Twitter and Instagram these companies have with the government that makes it so they can't just indiscriminately kick people off that they have to follow the the rules of the country? Well, it, it, as soon as you're doing as soon as you're doing the government's bidding, if you're throttling people, you know, if it comes out yeah. discovery that hey, we're kick, we kicked Sevi off because he said bad things about vaccines that we didn't like, right? I and mean, that's a that's a clear First Amendment violation, you know, if there's evidence. But that- if they're a private company, they can do it, right? Like like there's stores yeah. that say, hey, you can't come in unless you're vaccinated. Yep. Completely private company. And it was amazing to me because for years and years, you know. But if it's not private, if the government asked the store to do it, it's now, now we have a problem. The term we use, the legal term that, that they use, the legal term of art is what's called state action. Okay. If you have state action, then now you've got a constitutional issue. If there's state action, if there's no state action. And by the way, this is funny because, you know, I I don't know if you remember when on uh, the CrossFit website way back in the day, you know, I was, I was pretty, you know, regular comments are on there um, yes. way back in the day. And there were a bunch of people on there claiming that, oh, Greg, when he threw some people off and he, you know, uh, got rid of some comments, he had been pretty, they, Lynn and the moderators had had a pretty liberal policy about, hey, kind of, you know, we're free speech advocates. So we'll let most things you know, they kind of let anything go on the site. But then there was this big blow up and and Greg removed some comments. He had Lynn remove some comments. People were like, oh, he's a Nazi. He's a, you know, what happened to the First Amendment? And I happened to be on there. I was like, just what you're talking about. I was like, bro, there's no First Amendment here. It's his, it's his website. He can, there's no state action. Right. You know? So there's, he can do what he wants on his website. He doesn't have to let you come on there. You know, it's only, now I will say this. There's, there's one other aspect to this that's worth at least considering. And that's, Culturally, you know, if everybody says if everybody's about um, not letting others, if every private company said, well, we're not you know, we can have only what we want on here and we're going to throttle speech. 
At some point, you have to ask yourself as a country, do we really even have a First Amendment anymore if nobody if nobody abides it and, and everybody's fine with censorship, then do we really, we don't have a culture that even protects that value. You know what I mean? Like it's, and we're getting there rapidly. I mean, the, the culture is swinging that way. Everybody's like, ah, oh, you know, if you say something that offends me, I, you know, you've got comedians who won't do their acts anymore. You've got, I mean, we, we really have become a censorious kind of uh, culture now, you know? God forbid you say something that offends me. I don't want to hear it. Let's stop talking. You know, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. When the airline said, Hey, you can't get on our flights without masks. Obviously that wasn't true. And we could have proven it as a group. If everyone just said, okay, we're not going to fly anymore. They would have quickly just, they would have quickly changed their tune. It's the same thing with, um, it's the same thing with social media. I think, I mean, so many people like there's so many good people I know who keep telling me, Hey dude, don't worry about the censorship. Just learn how to play the game. And I don't know if that sits well with me. No, it doesn't with me either. Doesn't, I don't that's know. Not the answer. Yeah. I don't know if that's, I don't think that that I, so many people are like, Hey, you just got to figure out the game. it's kind of like, um, but I do do, I do do it. The example I like to use all the time is there's a good chance that this cell phone, um, is, is when, as it's being made, some kids are being killed, right? There's some, some bad shits happening to kids. And yet, and yet I still participate in it. It's, um, it's a, it's, 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 it's weird. Well, there's a, you know, there's, um, there's actually a great legal case that's kind of related to this. It has to do with how far do the harms have to, like how much how are how much are you responsible for how far does the chain of causation go de- de- you know, degrees of separation right. from the and, yeah and so how much am i obligated to you know live in a cave so that i don't you know hurt anyone anywhere you know by my consumption of a product or anything i mean at some point it's you, you could spend the rest of your life and and you know never living in a faraday cage and and accomplish nothing you know so that's not there's That's not Jains that do that in India. I, I hung out with them. They actually sit sit still in one spot and they wear masks so they don't breathe in bugs and kill bugs. And they don't walk around because they don't want to step on anything and hurt anything. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I, I no, get it sounds the, horrible. No, I get the right. But I get it. I get it, but it sounds horrible. But I get well, it. Well, it's like my I, I it's the kind of the same thing I have with vegans. You know, if I recognize like ethically speaking, they're like, Hey, I, you know, I don't eat meat because it kills a sentient being and all that. I'm like Okay, right. Roger, I, I, you know, enjoy yeah. the spirulina and say, I, I'm not going to, I don't have anything against those people. I don't make fun of them, you know, because ethically I'm down with it, but I'm like, listen, man, bacon, you know, sorry, just, you know, and, right. and, uh, but you know, we all have our, we all draw same with line. pro-choice, same with pro-choice people. I understand you want to kill the baby so you can, um, you're only 18 years old and you want to keep going to the club and doing ecstasy right. and, and, and sucking dudes dicks. I totally get it. So you right. just kill the baby. I get it. Vegans. I get it. Yeah. Right. And hey, it's a it's a how how where does your moral where do you draw your moral lines? Right. You know, after I started scuba diving, this will sound funny. I started scuba diving and you know what I couldn't and I won't eat anymore? Calamari. Octopus. Wow. Yeah. The the, the little octopus. Yeah, I won't eat them. Because you so you were swimming around with them and you like them too much. They're they're so intelligent. They're a highly evolved intelligent species. And so I just I'm like, that's a sentient being. It's the same reason, you know, this is a really interesting, you'll love this one. This is, And you know what? Even how they serve that shit, it's deep fried. I would eat deep fried penis. I mean, it's like anything is good deep fried. It's like kind of a joke. Yeah. Like like just deep fry something else and tell me it's calamari. (laughs) 
right. Right. You shark and tell me that it's calamari. That'd be cool. Right. That, you know, but right. not, not octopus. They're smart. They're intelligent beings. They really are. But <clears throat> there's, um, um, oh, where was I? I was going to, I love this internet connection. Yeah. This is better, huh? Yeah. Easy things don't come cheap. Look, we had to just hang out for 12 minutes before we yeah, got you. I would um, eat a deep fried penis. Yes, Will. If, if it means saving thousands of these smart, be- <laughs> if it would make Dale happy. That's right. No, but I, you know, after diving, I was like, ah, hey, your eyes are open. You're like, I had a buddy who told me the same thing. He worked in a slaughterhouse, you know? And he was like, bro, I'll never don't eat bologna. You know, don't have the hot dogs. Oh. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, Oh really? I love hot dogs. He's like, no, whatever you do, don't do that. Uh, I like this thing you brought up about degrees of separation for cause and effect. Cause I was actually thinking about it this morning in the shower. So if we have police, there is a mathematical um, there's, there's a mathematical calculation. We have 900,000 uh, police officers in the United States or something like that. And let's say they're all armed. There becomes a mathematical calculation where um, someone is going to accidentally get shot. Either the gun's going to go off when he sits down on it, when he's loading it, he's going to shoot the wrong person. Yeah, there's going to be an accident. Yeah, there's going to be an accident. It just it's it's the it's the same thing with you can't administer um uh, a vaccine to everyone on the planet. This let's say it's the safest vaccine in the world. A needle is going to break off in someone's arm. There is going to be a bad batch. Someone's going to die, even if just because of the sheer numbers we're dealing with. There's going to be an a pallet of the vaccines is going to fall off a truck and kill someone. I guarantee you it's happened, right? Yeah. Like you name it. And there, I mean, people have killed themselves falling on the fork while they're eating fucking, you know, uh, uh, their dinner. Yeah. It happens. But there are things like th- this thing I was, I was looking up just now. Um, when you, mi- uh, when you mix alcohol and guns, the, the second you start drinking alcohol, even if you're nowhere near a gun, the chances of you being shot skyrocket. Skyrocket. Yeah. Like if I had a drink right now, just sitting next to you, percentage <laughs> while I'm on the phone with you, there's not a gun, you know, my gun's locked up in my house. Yeah. There, but but all of a sudden, the second I start drinking it, I could mathematically explain to you how 87,000% my chances of getting shot go yeah. up. There's a whole bunch of things like that. Yeah, it's, it's a trip, right? Yeah, like, like uh, driving a motorcycle's, Greg used to talk about this. Driving a motorcycle is, you know, it's got some inherent danger. I mean, it's not, you know, like if you go down, man, there's nothing between you and the pavement, you know, you know, we both. Right, right. And, uh, and yet there's a bunch of things you can do that statistically reduce your risk. Like everything. It's really funny. If you look at it, the, the course that you take, California has that motorcycle course. And when you take it, they show you that each of these things cuts your risk in half. So like if you wear a helmet, you know, you've just decreased your risk by 50%. Now, uh, if you wear a full face helmet, you know, you've taken another 50% of that. You know, if you wear, <laughs> if you wear riding leathers, you wear boots, you wear gloves, don't drink. And, and all of a sudden yeah. motorcycle riding goes, you know, is like a, not you know, a fairly benign, you know, endeavor. You can make yourself a lot safer, but man, add boost to it. And your risk is now about a, a million fold of being a, you know, eventually being an organ donor. That's how that works out. <clears throat> I think you'll, you'll like this story. Greg texted Dave and I and said, I'm going to the Harley Davidson dealership in Monterey. Do you guys want to come with me? And, and Avi was uh, like, I don't know, at the time he was like 12, not 18 months old. And I said, oh, I can't go with you guys. I'm taking Avi to ballet class. Now at 18 months, 
um, ballet, soccer, football, karate, whatever you put your kid in, they all look the same. So there's no distinction. It's the same <laughs> dumb shit they do. They the kids play. With it's so stupid. Yeah, it's cool, but but it's stupid. And so it, it, so I say, oh, I can't. I'm going. So Dave calls me and goes, hey, dumb fuck. Greg's not asking us like if, to go to the motorcycle shop to hang out with him. Like he, you're, we're gonna go there and he's gonna get us a motorcycle. Yeah, I go, hey, dude, I'm doing shit with my family. I'm not fucking going. Oh shit. Fucking two hours later, Dave standing by a fifty-five thousand dollar fully loaded fucking oh. most expensive Harley Davidson in the fucking place. He's like, Yeah, <laughs> I hope you dumb fuck that that ballet class was worth fifty thousand dollars. He's like, You could have put got it fucking bought the bike, come home and sold it and had sold to pay it. for your kid's ballet till he's fucking twenty-five. I think I remember that. I never made that mistake again. And what made me think <laughs> of that is do you know what I did? I immediately went out and took the two-day um uh motorcycle class. I so that I would have a motorcycle happened. license in anywhere, I, and, and, and I end up getting some motorcycles out of it. Yeah, I remember that. I never yeah. did, but I wound up buying one. But uh, you, Oh, you paid for that giant one you had? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're a good dude. Those things were crazy. Mm-hmm. Did you ever put that big one down? I never laid that one down, no. No. That I dropped... I dropped uh, two of my bikes. It sucked. I never dropped my Harley, but I had this big, huge Africa twin. And I fell over on it. And you want to know what's worse? Right, right when it fell over, Dale, about a week before it fell over, uh, Tyson Oldroyd said, hey, bring your motorcycle into the gym at HQ and we'll lay it down and I'll teach you how to stand it up. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Well, a week later, this thing fucking falls over in downtown Santa Cruz and I can't lift it up. And a dude in a fucking a dude in a Prius stops and gets out in his three piece suit. <laughs> uh, that's a bummer. I had to help someone uh, at HQ who dropped a big heavy Harley at a stop sign. Just it, you know, stopped and all of a sudden, oh shit! And boom, over it went. Fell over. Yeah, I think I think I know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a weird thing when it falls over. It's kind it's of, it's 800 pounds. I mean, the big ones are 800 pounds, man. It's a very surreal moment. Yeah. And I, the, I just, the funny thing is it's like it, to get it up, you need a, to pick those things up. You need a big deadlift, man. That's a, a big deadlift helps goes a um, long way. So I think you're, I, I ended up going home and watching the video on it. You're supposed to back your ass up to it. And basically do a squat. It's oh, kind of a deadlift, it. but it's kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is the way I tried to lift it up like a deadlift, and I was a jackass. I got it I, up like I, six inches off the ground a few times. I, <laughs> I just deadlifted it, but I had enough of a deadlift to pull it off. I'm low enough too. I got down and was like, and just grunted it up. But yeah, I can see that backing it up is right. Yeah, walk back into it and stand it up. That makes sense. Do you, Do you think the lawyers win the case against Facebook and Twitter and and, and kick, kicking people off? Or no, it's just too big I, of a juggernaut. I think I think the discovery is the biggest part of it that, you know, somewhere. I mean, it, it seems to me that somewhere there's going to be evidence in emails or whatever. Look, it's the same thing that happened when we went up against um, uh, the NSCA. You know, when we filed when I filed that case, we filed that case, you know, across the file that case. People were like, that's the most ridiculous lawsuit. The, the complaint. I remember people saying, you know, we made some serious claims about fraud and all this other stuff that they had fabricated a study. And people were like, oh, that's ridiculous. You guys are nuts. This will go nowhere. Yeah. But when when people get under oath and you start asking questions and you start poking around, you know, particularly in emails, man, and everybody. And then you find out, like, 
people through, oh, where's your phone? Do you talk, do you text over about work matters on your cell phone, you know? And how many times it just like, well, my phone, I don't have it. Next thing you know, you know, you've got people lying on the road, destroying, destroying phones. You know, we had how many William Kramer, how many of the senior executives at the NSA, you know, destroy NSCA destroyed their phones and computers. And I mean, that, and that became spoilation of evidence now becomes like, I mean, it's a big deal, man. Uh, uh, can you talk about that case? Have you been put under any sil- uh, gag order about that? Uh, there was a, there were orders. I didn't, you know, I filed the original one. I can talk. I can't, there's some things I can say. There's some things I can't say, you know, if I can't say it, I'll let you know. But there, I mean, the things okay. that are public record, a lot of it was public record. I mean, we tried to make sure that we litigated the whole point of it was to be, was to be transparent. You know, we wanted the, the open kimono. Just so you guys heard that. That's what I'm always talking about on the show. Why? And can you tell us that I'm, I'm going to go back, but, but before we go back, why did you guys want the case to be transparent? Okay, this is a this is a great this is a great story that I'll tell because Greg's talked about it. Uh, it would otherwise be, you know, a discussion we had, but he had talked about it openly. I mean, he was very open. The, one of the first cases I did for for CrossFit, I I um, it's a pretty standard thing if a case settles. For those of you who don't know, Dale was the general counsel at CrossFit. What does that mean? The general counsel is the is the head lawyer, the head legal person. So every so so. And, and those fingers go into everything, right? So someone tells us, hey, we have to take some music off some media. We ask Dale if that's true. Someone gets hurt doing Fran in L1. You ask Dale about it. Someone in a gym in fucking Morocco gets bit by a dog. Dale, ha- and they call Dale. I mean, it's every, he's, he's basically everywhere in the affiliates, in the training, in the media. It, it, it's just, um, what can we call the company? Why are people in Mexico stealing the names of the gyms? I mean, it's, it's, the legal is so important in keeping, the, the company together okay and dale yeah. was the head the head guy there he had to make he had to oversee all of that and, and i was the the kind of funny thing was i was the maybe more so than the being the gc was i was the first lawyer and so right. greg hates lawyers he always had right and i was the first lawyer that, that openly greg, hates them yes yeah, openly openly hates them yeah and okay. um so, so one of the first cases i did you know for lawyers it's a pretty standard if you're settling a case it's pretty standard to do non-disclosure agreements both sides, you know, we're not going to talk about anything. We settle it. Nobody admits anything. And that's just so everybody saves face and we can all go on with our lives. And I did that without, because I just took it as like a standard, just kind of industry standard. And Greg blew a gasket. Oh, was he pissed. And even though we had, we had won a bunch of money in the case, I had, I'd gotten us a really good, what crushed this guy who was uh, uh, buying up CrossFit domain names. So he would buy up like, CrossFit Los Angeles is buying all these domain names, CrossFit San Francisco, you know, just bought like several hundred of them and then was holding them hostage. When we would license new affiliates, this guy would be like, Hey, I'll give you, you know, you're going to pay $600. So you're charging like 500 bucks a domain name or whatever affiliates. And so I got, got involved in that. Anyway, we settled it. And I, I was, you know, NDA and Greg, it was one of the few times I mean, Greg lost his shit with me. And he said, I'm not, I'm not hiding anything. He's like, what do I have to hide? You know, like I, I want to be able to talk about it. <laughs> like, I want, right. I want people to know, you know, like I didn't do anything wrong. And from that point on, you know, it was like, I learned a, a really valuable lesson. You know, he, he wanted to litigate and it became clear that, you know, CrossFit legal's reason for existence was largely to protect the value proposition in affiliation. And that meant I couldn't represent the affiliates because they're licensees. They're, they're, we're actually at the opposite end of a license agreement. But on the other hand, they were the meat and potatoes of the business, you know, and so, I mean, that's how we got CrossFit out there. So it was a 
it was an interesting thing to be a part of for sure. But the that's background for the NSCA when that case, you know, came up by then we'd had a well-established, like all my, by then I had, you know, eight, nine attorneys and paralegals, whatever working for me, almost a dozen. And everybody knew that, Hey, we're not, we're not the people hiding things. You know, we're not doing anything wrong, man. We're making people fit. And so we don't have anything to hide. And so when somebody that was said, always kind of the theme there, we're selling the truth, right? We're selling the truth. That's all we're doing. We're selling the yeah. truth. Okay. The fitness truth, man. Yeah. So yeah, let's start what, with the truth. And then it ended. Hunt? And when Greg finally got rid of the company, it, it kind of morphed with morph to let's start with the truth. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's okay. where he is now with the yeah, with the new thing. You know, let's the let's broken start. science. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, and I, I'm ha- I, in fact, I'm going with him uh, in a couple of weeks. I think up to Michigan. To, to Michigan. Yeah, that's awesome. To Hillsdale. He asked me to yeah. come up. Wow, we'll the wiki article on Hillsdale College is unbelievable. Yeah, it's an amazing institution. Quick side note. If you need any more evidence that the roots of racism, the KKK um, separation, if you need any more evidence that it's 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 being harbored, proliferated, curated, the, that the plantation owners aren't hiding in the Democratic Party, look at the fucking – um uh uh wiki wiki article of hillsdale college the most conservative fucking college you've ever heard of the first college in the united states to take black people melanated yeah. skin people with melanated skin i don't even like to call them black people people have just yeah. different biology uh, 18, fucking 18. nuts they refused to take affirmative action money from the united states yeah. because they refused were going to let in whoever the fuck they wanted yeah only merit refused yeah to merit take yeah money. it's so good Go ahead. They refused to yeah. take federal education dollars so they don't have to comply with affirmative action. But they were taking they were taking blacks and women in yes. uh, in 1847 or something. Yeah, they first in the country. They were taking women. They and were blacks. taking blacks and women. Yeah, on I know it's kind of funny. <laughs> on equal footing, you graduate, you get a degree, you get an education. I mean, they just treated all people were equal to them. It's an amazing. Most people don't realize that's a it's a peculiarly you know that notion we get it from of of equality. Um, whether it's before the law or just we're all equal is a, is a peculiarly Christian notion. It didn't exist in the ancient world. That, that notion is a, is a peculiar, the first it, it's Gregory of Chrysopolis, I think, or something. I'd have to go look this up, but there's some, you can find it if you noodle around, but one of the first people to suggest that, you know, even the Stoics as well developed as the Greeks were and, and Stoicism might be one of the, the greatest philosophies of the ancient world even stoicism kind of accepted that slavery was always just kind of, we're always going to have it, you know, here's another, Hey, I'll give you a hot take. Hey, love it. Love is new too, right? Ma- marriage for love. I mean, that's, that's a, that's yeah, a, that's a, yeah, that's too, a relatively right? more modern concept that comes Isn't out of that a trip. Yeah. That was, but it French, makes sense. That's, that's French someone, say that again. That's the French, the, the French really give us sh- uh, sh- notions of chivalry and that all comes out of France, mo- mostly uh, filtered through the English, but, the, the French, you know, Middle Ages, knights and all of that and and romance, the idea that men should woo women and all of that. That comes out of uh, out of France. We, we kind of owe the French for that. Do, do you know I've been experiencing something more intense than love? Oh, this is interesting. That there's not a name for. And and, and what's funny is since it transcends love, um, there's there's also I understand the 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 merits of not marrying for love, but marrying for uh, survival. Like it, it's more important. It, it's way more important to me that my family survives than my family loves me. 
it 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 it, it, it transcends all that shit. It's a trip. I've just yeah, lately been really, really understanding it. It's um, I know Dale. I've been to places in Africa, Dale. It, it, I've been to three continents where I filmed famine, three different continents. Yeah. And 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 I've been to all the continents and filmed some horrible shit. And I I, I was just thinking the other day, I could go back to those places with the resources I have and probably save lives. And I knowingly don't do that. And I've known that in the back of my mind for 20 years. Yeah. And I have to live with that. But, 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 but nothing's more, but it doesn't even matter because I'm, I don't even let it creep into my brain because I'm singularly focused on the survival of my three kids and my wife. Yeah. I mean, again, it comes back to what we were talking about before. Like what's your, it's about moral responsibility. What, what are you actually, what's on your ledger? You know what? I mean, you have to, those are like deep questions. You know, what's, what am I responsible for? What, what on the, you know, what do I actually have moral account for? Um, Those are important questions, you know, big questions. Unfortunately, we don't ask those anymore. And school does nothing to, to help people grapple with the big questions. Everything's small now. Everything's, and instead of just facing it that the fact that i instead of facing it the fact that i have shortcomings or that we have shortcomings like hey i'm not going over we we try to defend why we do it i'm not trying to defend it at all i'm not trying to defend i'm not trying to justify using this phone at all i'm not trying to justify that i'm pro-choice at all oh it sucks that babies die i'm not trying to but we live in a society that just can't admit that they don't know or that they're wrong but they're still going to go forward with it (laughs) well yeah it's rationalization it's gross um is it just me or is dale jack yeah dale's jack dale what's your all-time best back squat uh for either four and a quarter or 435 and and you at one point you had did you ever break the three minute in the fran (laughs) i got 306 oh yeah okay well i thought i thought one time i saw you break it um maybe at del mar in the garage there maybe i i was close i mean i worked really hard at that was a life that was like my you know 11 second hundred or whatever it was you know i was like pick a target you know that matters to you that was one of my like i wanted a three minute friend yeah um okay sorry so um and so nsca um that case um you were gonna tell um yeah, I'll know. I'll tell you can, where I was going. Can you tell us just how I would love to know even the the most minutia detail how since you f- started that case how that popped up on your radar and for those of you who don't know the NSCA oh. case was when someone accused cro- a CrossFit gym in Ohio of injuring people and it turned into a fucking nightmare for these liars. Yeah, it was a study that they published in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning and uh, the the I think it's the JSCR Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research or whatever it is the flagship publication of the NSCA. And it was a, it was a falsified study and we knew pretty quick, but I'll tell you that the NSCA battle went back to my, like the early that I have emails going back to that, you know, <clears throat> Greg had been talking about that for quite a while. I mean, when I first came on, that was on the radar and what year, really, what year are you thinking? Oh, seven, oh, eight. Okay. Okay. Really, Maybe even really. further back. Yeah. And the interesting thing about it was that we just didn't have the resources. We, you know, that was the, the, the reality of it. They were doing crazy stuff. They got a seminar canceled. Uh, some of the folks at the NSCA got a seminar canceled over in uh, on a military base by re- through the air force. We had a seminar all set up like on a Friday, we got word that all of a sudden we're getting kicked off base. We can't hold it. The air force is reneged. And, you know, now we can't have a seminar. We got all these people have flown into the country and there they are. And, 
<clears throat> so they and the NSCA was behind that, you know, through their their channels. And, and ultimately, we were able to the nice thing about the suit was we were able to get all of that evidence in, even though we were past the statute of limitations for being able to sue over that. But we were able to get that course of conduct um, uh, in front of the judge. And, and that was usually helpful. But it's it, I was talking about it in the context of, you know, it, even big companies, the NSCA was seen as the 800 pound gorilla in fitness and they got crushed. And this, you know, Facebook, Meta, you know, Twitter, I think Twitter's in a, in a hurt locker. I mean, I, I, I think Twitter, to be honest, with you, I think Twitter is largely, I think it's always been, I think that's a government, uh, that's a government, I wouldn't be surprised if that was funded with DARPA money or something. It's wow. an interesting thing. Yeah, it's a megaphone. That's all Twitter is. Twitter's like, you know, the bullhorns, you know, the, you know, you yeah. It was just a bullhorn. It amplifies. And so when Elon Musk said, how many bots are there? I was like, oh, it's got to be. I- I've always imagined that it was, it's largely fake. It's a propaganda. It's a psyop tool. It's meant to fool people into thinking that something's more important or louder than, than it really is. And so wow. I always believe that was, yeah, that's it's always the Fugazi to me. That's, that's a, that's all fake. The Benghazi stuff. No, I said it's Fugazi. That's a, Oh, That's an Italian. It means yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you broke up, Dale. I have to, I have to do do something really quick. Sorry. Um, there's this. Uh, all of a sudden, your bob, your body has become a fast. Uh, Dale has no neck. No, it's a really, yeah. Um, Dale reminds me of the PE teacher, uh, a PE teacher at school. He's built like a wrestler. Um, CrossFit is awesome. Even the lawyers are yoked. Uh, brick house. Uh, <laughs> they're just there's just they're going nuts in here uh does dale take human growth hormone no no, no. <laughs> uh, thank you i guess that's a compliment dale know. what is darpa 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 is the uh defense advanced research projects agency i believe and it's a uh a skunk works uh dod cia they've had the sr71 blackbird that was a darpa project Cold War era DARPA project was uh, uh, the SR-71. And wouldn't you know that Moderna, the company that um, got the vaccine, they 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 got a millions of dollars in DARPA money to research, you know, viruses and <laughs> vaccines. So, yeah, that's money that the, the uh, Department of Defense hands out for different technologies and you know, ideas that they have for the future and frequently it, it's wasted, but sometimes things come out of it. You know, we, I so, went to, I went to dinner one time with Greg and the, and the CEO of Twitter. Oh, back when it was uh Dorsey. Who was before Dorsey? Oof. Yeah. I don't know. Was it a guy named Bob? It's a famous name too. Fuck. CEOs of Twitter. Anyway, uh, it, it wasn't Dorsey. It was the guy, it was the guy, I'm gonna. I want to look real quick. I was gonna uh, say. Now you're gonna make me check. CEO of Twitter. Twitter CEOs. Not this Parag guy. No, not Parag. It's not Jack Dorsey. Noah Glass. Biz Stone. Evan Williams. Noah For, Glass. Uh, maybe the first guy. First CEO of. Maybe it was Jack Dorsey. He didn't look like that. First CEO of Twitter. Could have been oh. the CF. Could have been somebody else. Yeah. No, no. It may, maybe it was Jack Dorsey. Uh, uh, uh. Wouldn't surprise me if it was. 
we went and we went and heard one of his friends, this lady, speak in San Francisco, and then afterwards we had dinner. There wasn't a guy named Bob. Bob fucking founder. Let me see. Founder of Twitter. Founder of Twitter. I wrote in pounder of Twitter. Uh, not Evan Williams, Noah Glass. No, okay, it must have been Jack Dorsey. Fuck. Okay, and recently I noticed that. Um. Uh. Uh. So. So. I, I think. Um. Uh. uh what the fuck is that guy's name? Joe Rogan has come to uh, Dorsey's defense. Like he basically was saying that, well, it's not Dorsey's fault that they were censoring all these people. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? I'm struggling with that. Like, fuck you. Fuck both of you. Well, said that they, he's come out and said publicly, he's kind of taken the, taken Rogan's side and said, Hey, we, you know, they shouldn't be censoring people. We ought to be. So he's come out and kind of been on the Elon side of things like, yeah, the, the, the throttling people, throttling conservatives is not the answer. That's that's not right. And so Joe's probably defending him on those grounds. But the idea it's that too little you know, too late, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you set that up. But I like I said, I've always thought it was that the entire notion of Twitter that it, it's not organic, it's curated. And that means that it's it's no different than the headlines at the Washington Post. What's being what's being put out there? in front of you isn't just a result of, oh, this is the most popular thing. It, it, you've got chicken and egg backwards, you know, it's kind of, that's not how it works. It's they're making editorial choices about what's going to be out yeah, there. It's curated. That's a great way to put it. Same with Instagram. Yeah, of course. And that's how someone like you, I mean, I, I noticed it too. Like I would post things and, and they would just disappear and die. And I, I'll tell you what it is, is, it's it's an attempt to control narrative. That's all it is. It's story wars. It's making sure that the story that you want out there is what's front facing. And that's, you know, it's no different than the New York Times, what they choose to put on the, the front page. It's all fake. All of it. I don't. So I don't really watch or read any of it. I mean, well, you know, we've talked about this and what's his face did the whole uh, the whole um gel man or gel man amnesia effect that uh michael crichton coined that phrase he said you're reading the paper right <clears throat> and you you read something a story pops up that you know something about like say for you it was arm wrestling or whatever right there's something you like whatever it is something you really know about you read it and you're like that's bullshit like you just right. <laughs> you completely right, right. right. most right. people have no idea what they're talking about that is horseshit right and then you flip the page and you read some foreign policy story and you're like oh my god israel did that how amazing it's like you got amnesia oh. reading that this is bullshit and i gotta tell you it's really funny because i had this experience with greg one time a great experience we were at uh pipes cafe there down in uh yep. solana beach we we're having breakfast and we we're meeting and there was some big story that had come out and i remember it, it was some piece in something that got a bunch of run and it was about biking and it might have had to do with the drug use in biking or something like or whatever you know and so Greg had asked me, had I seen the story? And I was like, yeah, I read it, you know, and I was, and I don't really know anything about that. Like Greg did, you know, he's into bikes. He was, and I said, what did you think? And he's like, well, I only know about a couple of things. <laughs> he goes, but I, I can, that's bullshit. And I was like, really? And I thought it was just really well. Cause it was like a deep, it was like this deep dive, you know, long form kind of piece. And so I thought, oh, it's gotta be amazing. And then, and then Greg said to me, Has, have you ever read anything about like, if you ever read stories about helicopter flying that the media has done, you know, about being a helicopter pilot, I'm like, I haven't been that many of those. I go, but yeah, you know, he goes, did they ever get it right? And I was like, 
no, not even close. Uh, He's like, why? And he goes, why do you think it's only your thing? <laughs> and that was the moment the lights went on. You know, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why is it, why is it only that, that subject they, they fuck up? It's only yours. And yet you assume the truth of everything else they write about everybody else, you know? What I've been tripping on, what I'm really tripping on, and it's been about a year now I'm tripping on it, is the fact that things are being presented as real and asking people to weigh in on them when they're not real. And I keep using the the metaphor for, Dale, let's debate whether Bigfoot has hair or fur. And and that and, and that's how I feel about gender. And people are weighing in on ge- so there's people who know who've never thought about gender in their life before. They have no idea what gender is, and yet they're weighing in on it. And if you ask them if gender is real, they say yeah. And then you then you would say okay, define real for me. Is this stapler real? And they say yeah, okay. And then I say show me gender. You're you want to debate gender when so they ask what gender are you to someone, and someone answers you, but they don't even know. It's just, it's, and, and then I talk about that's why it's important we don't conflate sex and gender. Sex is real, penis, vagina, gender's yeah. imaginary. Yeah. And, and I, and I would say 99% of the people I interact with can't, can't, um, uh, understand why that's significant. And yet it is at the origin of all the confusion and debate. So I see the whole debate going on up here like it's real. Bigfoot has fur. No, Bigfoot yeah. has hair. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. You've all been duped by by a lie by a liar's question. Does Bigfoot? Yeah. What gender are you? It's like, yeah. Hey, it's funny you say this. What the fuck circle. is going? I refused to use Jason Kleepa's app the other day. He has this beautiful app. He sent it to me. He said, "Will you try it?" I look at it. it says, "What gender are you?" I, I'm not any gender. I just closed the app. I'm not any gender. <laughs> I have no gender. I don't do. I, I don't do. You, I don't do delusion. You taking your taking your junk out and taking a picture and sent it. Yeah. To which which Pokemon creature am I? I I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, it's fucking I mean, idiocy. Yeah, what? It, is, it goes back to what we talked about last time, right? We're back to the same notion: reification. You know? Uh, yeah, right, right, right. Reification. Yeah, that was the word. Hey, yeah, e- even, 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 um, what what ethnicity you are has a component of that. Yeah, there's a certain amount of that. Sure. Yeah, like you're not. You're, you're like you we were playing in the delusion like mexicans are the perfect example 400 years ago you didn't exist you were ra- you were raped by the spaniards native americans were raped by the spaniards and now we call you mexicans just to kind of give you a spot and we gave you a religion catholicism here you go <laughs> be on your way that's it's the truth right yeah you should have your own show you ever see that drunk history we should have sevi's history it's only like 47 seconds long <laughs> So um, the NSCA case, you, I mean, when you see the case and you see the 16 injuries, you don't know right away. It's a, it's a lie, right? You have to, can you tell me like how did you ever, when, when Greg told you, Hey, file the case, did you have any pushback or anything where you like, no, Greg, we can't, this is legit. Or oh, like, no, how no, did no. that? We go? had been looking, oh, okay. we had been waiting. I mean, that I'd be honest with you. When, when that happened, it was like, that was the, they gave us the excuse we needed. They really did. They gave us good, good cause that we otherwise were, we didn't kind of quite didn't really have. And so that was, meaning you wanted to sue them all along. You wanted to like get in a tussle with them because you wanted to depose them or you wanted a discovery or what? Uh, Yes to both for sure. Okay. And, and more, I mean, you know, as a larger goal, I mean, I think Greg always, you know, you know, Greg was about academic fitness. He had been dead set on proving they were all frauds for 
I mean, how many times did he say it? Like openly in public, they're frauds. He, how many times did he uh, challenge any to say anybody prove to me what academic fitness is actually like? You know, like sports science or whatever you want to call it, exercise physiology or whatever academic fitness. He what he used to call it. He's like he used to challenge people. And then when he met Tim Noakes, he said that Tim Noakes, after reading Waterlogged, he said that was the one example that he could point to. He had always, you know, he publicly said that Tim Noakes and and waterlogged was the one example of, you know, exercise physiology actually contributing something useful to, to actual exercise, to actually getting people fitter. You know, he used to say that's that. all feels, Yeah. That's how he feels about all academic science now. Yes. It's, it's just yes. all a complete shit show. The replication crisis, all that shit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's largely, I mean, you know, it's correct. In fact, the my the litigation over the vaccine, you know, Greg said, I'm doing a, we talked about this. I, what I'm doing is actually a specific case of the larger, he's, he's generalized, you know, by going and putting together a science curriculum and trying to, you know, kind of bring science back to what it is, the objective branch of human knowledge. I love that. I love that he's staked out that turf. Um, but by doing that, you know, what I'm dealing with, like, if we didn't have an innumerate populace and largely illiterate and innumerate, you could never pull this off. I knew, I knew the whole vaccine thing was a fraud from the get-go, but that's because I can, you know, I've got some familiarity and, and um, fluency with numbers. You know, I, I did my background, you know, my first two years of college was in, as an aerospace engineering student. And then I decided I wanted to chase skirt. Once I got my flight guarantee, I knew I was going to be a pilot. I knew I didn't have to build them to fly them. But I still, I went through all of that. You know, I was a post maintenance function. I was a test pilot. So numbers don't, they don't scare me. I'm, I'm pretty fluent with them. But we we largely have an innumerate populace now. Yeah, uh, and, and with that comes the inability to do uh, risk assessment. You, you know what I yes. think is a better way to say it than maybe enumerate is um, uh, no one contextualizes or puts things in relativity. So when you hear Mexico City has 30 million I don't think most people go, okay, that's the size of California. That's the same number of people as California. Or when they say yeah. Um, yeah. you have a one in a million chance of the vaccine actually helping you and you have a two in a million chance of it hurting you, they, 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 they don't even know how to process that. They don't, they don't like, okay, uh, it's, they, they have no way to, to, to put it in context of, of something else that they know. Like actually yeah. you have a one in 500,000 chance of every time you get in the car of dying. Right. Well, that's because, you know, statistics are tough and and there's there are two different concepts in statistics. And that's it, it's directly relevant to what you're talking about. There's absolute risk and there's relative risk. Right. And so you, you want to know both in order to make an informed decision about like like I was just and I. It's why the so many people in the military have uh, risen up against the vaccine mandates is because I think in especially pilots, because in their their training is all about taking really serious risks, like things with, if something goes wrong, the risk of harm is huge. Like if you get it wrong in a plane, you know, you can't pull over to the side of the road. <laughs> like it's, you're, you've got a lot of problems. So the risk of harm is really high, but you can do a lot of things to mitigate, to keep, even though the risk of harm is high, you can keep the possibility of risk really low. And so, you know, when you're, when you make your living making really fine distinctions about risk, when you see the vaccine, you're like, well, my risk of getting ill is like one in a, 
billion. Like, and and the harm from it's I'm healthy, eh, you know, uh, I'm probably going to be fine. And then it's an unknown product. Well, why would I want to take on an unknown risk for the known risk? Really, isn't that serious to me? You know, right, right. And so a lot of the like over 300 of my clients in this lawsuit I've got down in Texas are pilots. I, I like the risk of harm is way high on from vaccine. I, I want to try to explain this to people super duper fast and feel free to jump in and, and unfuck me. Almost everything presented to you people from pharmaceutical companies, almost everything. I'm talking like 99% of all the data they present to you is through uh, relative risk. They don't yeah. present, right? They don't present the absolute. And I'm going to explain to you really quickly how that works. So if they do a study of 10 people, and, oh, man, they have two groups of people. They have 10 people over here and 10 people over here. They have the control group of 10 people, and then they have the group that's taking the medication of 10 people. And in the control group of two people die, but in the, in the, in the side that, um, uh, that took the medication, only one person dies, they'll tell you you have 100% better survival rate if you take the medication. <laughs> were, you able, were you able to follow that? They'll tell you the exact same thing if there were 100 million people in the study. So now imagine there's 100 million people over here and 100 million people over here. And over here in the control group, two people die. And over here in the group that took the, the medication, only one person dies. They'll still tell you it had a 100% effective rate. And the public is buying that. It doesn't matter how many people are in the study. They're just taking the, the people who were affected by the medication. And at that point, these studies that are so big, especially the front, these, these ones that went around the vaccine, those numbers are just outliers. Like we don't know anything about the people. Did they have comorbidities? Did they not? Um, how old were – I mean it's just it's, – it's a complete shit show and you're being just totally manipulated. And they're not hiding this. Anyone can look this up. Yeah. But but what I just said is too complicated for Don Lemon to explain to you on CNN. So no one so no one's. Do you think did that make sense, Dale? What I said? Yes, you've got. I mean, it's they're lying, and the pharmaceutical companies. There's nobody better at it than them. I mean, Marsha Engel yeah. was the was the head of the New England Journal of Medicine, first female head of the New England Journal of Medicine, and she was all the rage among New York Times and all that back in I think it was 2008 or six or something. She published a a novel after, after being the first female head of the New England Journal of Medicine, arguably the most prestigious medical journal in the country, maybe in the world. And she wrote a book called How Pharma Deceives Us, I think it's called. And you can't read that book and, and come to any other conclusion other than that pharma has captured um, the, the agencies that are supposed to regulate them. And that happened a long time ago. But in the same way that the USDA, you know, uh, is captured by big ag. You know, the joke about ConAgra and um, all the like Archer Daniels Midland is that they harvest more in D.C. than they do in Nebraska. You know, they, I mean, it, it, like all those corn subsidies, the farm bill. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, 2005. You know, yeah, it's you can't you can't help but read it. And then now if you go go type in her and, name and now what you'll find is a bunch of articles and Google will spit out a bunch of articles that say how much was wrong. Marsha Engel's not, yo, she, yo, she wasn't really right about pharma, you know. Now pharma's all our friends. They're wonderful. They're, they're all good. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. I think it's Richard crazy. Smith was the editor for 30 years of the British Medical Journal, and he said more yeah. than half of the stuff in there is complete bullshit. Yeah. 
Yeah, that Richard Smith video is is amazing. And it's just like a homemade YouTube video, you know, yeah. him ranting for 15 minutes. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yep. So so when you file when you file the suit, um can can you tell me you file the suit against them? Can you tell me about it and about how you sent the lawyers to depose the people who were injured? Can you tell that first little chapter? Oh, well, of the- no, it was even quicker than that. I mean, I'll just tell you we got the we <laughs> Russ Berger got on the phone and just called. We knew, you know, that was the great thing I think that people didn't really realize, and a lot of people didn't I, I think the people who bought CrossFit didn't really understand about it, you know, is that every affiliate like for the first thousand affiliates, every affiliate was somebody that we knew personally. Like I was, I remember when I got, you know, I applied to be an, an affiliate owner in De- uh, December of 07. And I was, I think I got my approval in like March of 08 or something like that. And, and I was the 350 something affiliate. You know, I, I remember being somewhere in the middle three hundreds and people didn't realize that, you know, Greg and, and HQ staff had really personal relationships, especially with the early affiliates, the first thousand, we all knew really well. And so as a result, when it was like, you know, NSCA publishes this paper in preprint that says 16 people were injured in a, in a study and, you know, somebody sent it to us. And so we're like, it's in Ohio. I mean, we, we know, like we could look and see who are our affiliates there. And so we just get on the phone and we're like, call up Mitch Potter. And we're like, Mitch, you know, what did 16 people? He's like, what? <laughs> he goes, I was in that study. He's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And so, I mean, it was that kind of like instantly we knew. I mean, instantly we, we knew. Yeah. Before that ever, we didn't need discovery to know they were bullshitting. We needed discovery to prove it, you know? So they're not even slick at all. No. Just, just cavalier in their corruptness. Yeah. in the same way that most, you know, I've always said that um, the whole notion of evil genius is really a misnomer because if you're really a genius, you don't need to use evil shit to make money or get what you want. You can just, you're smart. You can just do it. And so what most of people who are doing evil shit are usually lazy and it's a character defect. It's not, it's, it's nothing more than you've got a rotten character. There's, you've got, you know, and maybe that's caused by something in your life or whatever, but you're, you're, you've got character flaws, man. You've got deep, deep problems, you know? And, and, and man, Russell Berger is an amazing, are you in touch with Russell at all? Uh, recently I bumped into someone, I bumped into someone who, who he sent a message through an intermediary uh, to me. So I'm going to reach out to him. Yeah. I need but to reach out to him too. He's such a special human being. Yeah. And the guy who told me that said the same thing. He's somebody who said, hey, by the way, Russ Berger sends his regards. And I was like, what? How do you know Russ Berger? And I can't really say how the guy, what the guy's relationship was with him. But when he told me, I kind of laughed. And and uh, I said, man, that guy's something else on you. And the guy, without prompting, was like, holy cow, that's one, you know, like, that's one unique SOB, man. You should have him on. Yeah, I, I do need to have him. He's actually, he might be smaller than Chris Bueller. And I think he, he I mean, mm-hmm. I, I Ah, they're close. I think Russ. Might he be was a, a special Russ athlete was too. Him. Russ was about 150, 155 pounds, and Spieler oh, was. was oh. Yeah, he a one fifty. I mean, Russ could probably get down lower than that, but he was like one walked around at about one fifty, and Spiel walked around at about one forty. I think Russ was a little bit, little bigger than Spiel, but not much. And yeah. and strong like Spiel too for his size. Russ Burton yeah. could back squat a shit ton. It's crazy. 
I remember uh, um, uh, Garth Taylor. You, you know, he's the first, I think, American to win the black belt Brazilian uh, jiu-jitsu championships in Brazil. Big yeah. dude, over three hundred pounds, and he yeah. and he used to teach. Uh, did you ever roll with him at HQ, Dale? Yeah, you did. Okay, so you know, when well. Russ when Russ was like a purple belt. Yeah, and and Russ got, got, got and Russ almost choked him out. I remember yeah, Garth Russ. telling me that. He goes, yeah. "Holy fuck!" I go, "What?" He goes, "That fucking little dude over there got on my fucking back." Yeah. <laughs> he was like trying to like grapple with an otter, you know, and he had endless energy. I mean, it was like trying to hold a ferret, you know, you're like, ah, ah, ah. He's all. You guys yeah. can go look at some crazy shit he did. He did some crazy rowing shit with weight vests and some. He, he, he did some nice shit. Okay. So, so, um, Russell called William Kramer and recorded the call or something, right? I, yeah, I vaguely recall some of the, yeah, he did a bunch of that stuff. He approached him at, didn't they get media and get him and, and green approached him at the conference. I remember they, and, and, and uh, William Kramer claimed that they had accosted him and, you know, he, they just tried to interview him, you know, and, and he freaked out because he figured out who they were. And, you know, that was the last thing he wanted a piece of was those two. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were something else. Okay. So, so then you, we sent, CrossFit Inc. sent lawyers to depose the 16 people or the 11 people. How, how, how many people was it again? Was it 16? Do you remember? Uh, I, I think originally they, they claimed that like 16 people had been injured in a study of I forget how many. And then, you know, of course, we got declarations from all of them and, you know, as many as we could. And I mean, it was crazy. Some of them were like, some of them were like, I didn't I wasn't injured. I like I told them I had to take the bar exam. You know, they were like one of them was a law student who was taking the bar exam. He's like, I wasn't injured. That's a lie, you know. And and we did all of that. And ultimately, you know, we we got the complaint together, drafted it, and then the real the, the real uh, turning of the case was when we asked them. We started uh, deposing a bunch of uh, NSCA employees, and we're asking about, okay, did you consider CrossFit a rival? No, no, no. We weren't rivals. We're an academic you know, organization and all that. And, and the fact of the matter was we were crushing them, you know, in the marketplace in, in terms of people actually, you know, availing themselves of CrossFit seminars or CrossFit education. NSCA had never done a seminar outside of the United States and, and CrossFit was fucking on basically every continent except Antarctica. Yeah. Yeah. And we had an affiliate in Antarctica. Right, right. Okay. And, and so, and then, so you, the, the turning point was they said that they were an academic institution, but in discovery you found, Hey, this is a, you found documentation that showed they saw us as a rival. Yeah. And I mean, that was the big one was we caught, we caught somebody lying under oath. And, and then what was amazing to me was the big, the real big screw up was then the NSCA got pissed off enough because of what Berger, you know, had been publishing some of the stuff we had been publishing on our site that they sued us. So the NSCA countersued us in California state court. So we had a federal action that was basically a trademark defamation case, a business defamation case in federal district court in San Diego. And then they sued us in state court. And that runs afoul of, you can't countersue someone in state court when you've got a federal court action statute called anti-slap statutes, where you're basically trying to shut down a lawsuit by claiming that the person who's suing you is defaming you by their lawsuit. And anyway, it's a whole con, you know, convoluted kind of legal thing. So they tried to sue us in state court and we could have gotten the thing shut down. But what we did was we got discovery in the state suit 
And in the state court discovery, the judge granted electronic discovery. And when we got the electronic discovery in state court, what we did was we ran that against what the NSCA had given us in federal court. And they, and it showed they had been lying and hiding things and destroying evidence. And, and one of the same witnesses when confronted with that admitted under oath that he had lied, that he had perjured himself in the federal court case. And that, and then basically it just came unraveled. The whole so thing just in the federal case, you're like, okay, we're going to go search your panty drawer. And they said, we don't have a panty drawer. And in the state right. case, you no said, panty. we're going to search your panty drawer. And they're like, here it is. So now yes. not only did you find more shit, but you show that the, the, the someone's lying. Yes. Basically. Yeah. Yep. Wow. It, and that's why I started seeing all of these documents um, coming out of the, the, the court at that po point um, that Greg would share with everyone that basically the judge was saying he's never seen corruption like this. 30 years on the bench, he's never yeah. seen like iPads being destroyed, lying, yeah. mil million, uh, like a million emails, right? A lie yeah. about like a million emails. Yeah, nuts. And yeah. so the only the only I guess we can only speculate the reason why they made up injuries about crossfit that's like the worst thing you could say right that's what greg would always yeah. say the worst thing you could say and that's not about an attack yeah about about a gym is that it hurts people yeah it's the worst possible thing it's the it's you know for a lawyer i mean each profession has its own like what's the worst thing you could say about your lawyer he leaked my private conversations you know he gave up the attorney-client privilege or I, you know i don't know right. pick like you know my priest my priest I, I heard him in the coffee shop telling people about my confession Right. You know, you'd be right, like, right, you'd right, be like, that's right. it. It's over. You're done. Right. And so for, you know, the equivalent for a gym owner is, yeah, I went to this guy as a trainer and, he, and he's hurting people. I mean, that's the, it's like saying you went to a doctor and he operates on the wrong foot, you know? And, mean, it, and he's not saying it about one gym. He's saying it about, I wonder how many gyms there were at that time. You think 10,000? Uh, Definitely uh, all seven continents, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We were, by that time it was at least, eight grand, maybe close to 10. I don't know, somewhere in that range. Yeah. I mean, we were, that was when we were booming. And, and so maybe basically more. it's, it's a direct attack on all of those. And, and, and how many people did we know? And I, and I'm painting a dramatic story, but I think it's accurate. How many people did we know that were a husband and wife, the wife was pregnant with their second kid and they basically both quit their jobs and went all in to do the right thing to open a gym that could cure the world's most vexing problem. Right. Yeah. We, I mean, yeah. How many people do we know like that? How yeah. She, yeah. Shitloads. And so then they're basically lied about. And, and by the way, it's one of the things that, you know, Greg used to always talk about to Dale and I, for sure. And tons of people that CrossFit was a small business miracle. Yes. It's 15,000 small businesses pop up. This is, these are people being employed all over the world, doing something that they love and trying to make a living doing it. And I had, had all I had the toilet cleaner. paper that sold and cleaners and gyms. Yeah. And you really want to know where the miracle is. Check out Bill, uh, Bill Henniger's uh, bank account. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. someone, I mean, Noble you, tried to say the other day that they were the first per, first brand to do what they're doing. I'm like, motherfucker, Bill dumped millions of dollars into fucking HQ on, on a fucking yeah. handshake. Yeah. Like, I was Bill, I'd go over there and fucking grab that dude and slap him around a little bit. <laughs> I mean, they did. They, I don't know. The first company to do what they did. That's a weird. I, I'd be curious to hear what they're claiming. Dude, I, I know you don't watch the scene anymore, but it's a fucking shit show. It uh, is a. I know enough to. It's, and it's I hear an avalanche. To kind of man hey you, you know. you, the grass is always greener on the other side you know what i mean like you hated trump now you got biden now what you hated reebok now you got noble it's like it's it, it, it's it's always 
always be careful what you throw away. Hey, I, yeah, Bill I Henniger. Had, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you'll love this one. My buddies, uh, when I was, I was a pilot and then became a lawyer. Right. And so I'm, I, I'm in Quantico, Virginia, a, a, hel- a helicopter pilot. Yeah. Yeah. I flew attack helicopters. So, um, I'm back now working as a prosecutor at Quantico and that's where the president's squadron is HMX one. So the president's helicopter squadron is that's Marine helicopter squadron one HMX one is at, uh, located at Quantico at the airfield there. And so they fell into my jurisdiction. So I bumped into some of my, my boys, guys I'd gone to flight school with. And now um, they left their fleet squadron or they were flying, you know, transport helicopters or whatever. And they got, they're now flying in the president's helicopter squadron. So I run into some of my old boys and one of them guys was a, hardcore Republican. And this was, I ran into him and uh, Obama was in office. And I remember he had been like, the world is ending when Clinton was president. And, and so I bumped into him and Obama was in office. And I said, Hey, I had to, I saw him at the club and I had to give it to him hard. I was like, Hey, I bet you never thought you'd see the day that you'd suck a dick to have Bill Clinton back. Wouldn't you? (laughs) (laughs) He was like, Uh... fuck you, man. So to your point about be careful, the grass is always greener. You know, he thought, he thought Bill Clinton was the end of oh that draft dodging piece of shit. I'm like, hey, he had a balanced budget and <laughs> your country was booming. It's like, Dale, you why, why, why do you think people don't um, are, um, push back on the truth so hard? I give you an example, like so, just like the like like the issues around uh, re- absolute uh, statistics and relative statistics, relative numbers and the way pharma, why do you think people want to believe that the, that there is vaccine efficacy, that, that it's effective? Why won't they the just same, listen for a second? Hey, for the same reason, for the same reason that CrossFit was even successful. How many, I mean, Greg used to say it. If, if the world wasn't grossly fucked up, if people knew what they needed to know about nutrition and exercise, we wouldn't have a business. And the, it's the, how many people want to believe that they're going to fix their health? How many people, how many people what say that again? You broke up, say that again. How many people, what, how many people want to believe that they're going to fix their health, their problems with a pill? How many, you know, rather than like, Hey man, you're gonna have to fix your diet. You're gonna have to put in some work every day. I mean, it, it, we, we are a um, country that has been because of the amazing progress that capitalism and, and free markets gave us, you know, in, in 200 years, we went from being a country that was chopping down trees to build homes, to building skyscrapers and, you know, dominating the, the world. We did that in less like in a hundred years, you know, right, in 17, right, right. in 1787, you know, you had to chop down a tree and shoot a bear to keep it from killing your kids and all that. And, you know, in 1887, now we're a world power, you know, a hundred years later, that's, that's free markets. And because of that, we fundamentally, we got soft and people, nobody wants to hear that. Like my grandfather, you know, grew up in the depression during the depression. He used to take, um, they used to cook in the morning, whatever they had big slab of bacon or whatever. And then when the, the bacon fat and the pan would congeal. And that's what my grandfather would get for sandwiches to take to work was congealed lard, lard sandwiches, basically. And, you know, people like, that sounds insane to people now. And my grandfather shrugged his shoulders and would be like, you know, ah, pretty good. You know, <laughs> he, yeah, he thought that yeah, was good yeah. eating, you know, because the alternative was to yeah. fucking starve. And now you've got people who are like, oh, I just want to take a pill and the problem solved. You know, how many advertisements do you see for burn fat faster? Or, you know, I mean, the farmers just, just all they've done is 
take advantage of a of a of the desire that we have to hack to be more efficient to do things more quickly and in many ways crossfit was a i mean crossfit's an old school kind of notion you know it's the same thing greg did he was like hey man you're gonna have to work hard remember and, and you wouldn't want it any other way because as it turns out that's also what develops the the habits of character that you know that's where virtue is developed is is, is in that struggle you know in fact, you'll love this. Take this full circle. That's you know what the motto is for Hillsdale, Hillsdale College. It's a Latin oh, phrase, but it's uh, virtue delights in the struggle or or temptation. There's a bunch of different translations, but it's strength. You know, strength longs for the challenge, or virtue. Uh, you know, appreciates the temptation, or you, you know, you don't get virtue unless you have its opposite. You, you don't. You know, if it doesn't, if there is no dichotomy, you don't. Virtue doesn't exist if there isn't bad. You know, you have to delight in the temptation that, you know, this is, yeah, yeah, this is where virtue shows itself. Yeah. This is where strength, this is where strength of character shows itself, you know? Well, yesterday, uh, one of my, my son took his gray belt, his, you know, that goes like, um, in the kids, there's three gray belts. So he went for a second gray belt yesterday and, uh, he said, uh, and he was the youngest kid in the class to get it. And, uh, we're, we're driving there and he's like, man, I am so nervous. And I go, that's awesome. And he goes, yeah. why is that awesome? I'm like, cause that's just a, I've never heard you say that. Or I haven't heard you say that since the last tennis tournament yeah. you went to. I go, what a great feeling. He goes, I don't understand. Why would it be good? I go, Hey dude, when your mom was pregnant with you um, she, and it was uncomfortable, she, I remember hearing her tell herself, I'm going to enjoy this. This is my experience. And he got it. He goes, she just said that. And I was like, yeah, he goes, so this is my experience. I go, yeah. I go, enjoy this. And it's like you said, right? Enjoy the, enjoy, like, enjoy those challenges. Yeah. Virtue delights in the, you know, strength delights in the challenge. Yeah. And and, and it it can be emotion, it can be uncomfortability. Yeah. Dale, um, when, when they overturned Roe versus Wade, Wade or Wade? Wade with a D? Yeah. When they, when they, when they, when when they when they overturn Roe Roe v Wade, I sound smarter when I say it like that. <laughs> I, I want to see if I if I understand this correctly. All they said before the federal government said abortion had to be legal in all fifty states, and all they yeah. said with the overturn of it is is that um, Roe v Wade, um, uh, the federal government had no business weighing in on whether um, it was legal. Which also makes it so that the federal government has no business weighing in on if it's illegal, which makes me realize how stupid these people are who are pro-choice, which is me. Unfortunately, I roll with that dumb, those dumb fucks. Um, <laughs> uh, we should actually be happy because the federal government no longer – the same. It's like, it's like we have a master – that was telling us abortion is legal, but by telling us that it's illegal, that master also has the power to say it's illegal. And yep. basically that power of our master has been abolished. Yeah. So yeah. instead of celebrating that, we're upset. Yeah. And when I a- think of it like that, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with these pro-choice? And then of course, I know the big problem is because most of the pro-choice people think that the government made abortion illegal, but it's, but it's not even close to that. It, yes. Right? It- 
Yeah, the, the thing is, like, it's do they just not know how to think? Is that is that what's going on? People don't know how to think, it, or Sevy, if it, it's just it goes back to what you said earlier. Remember when you said, you know, when you accept the initial premise? I had a law school professor. You know, it does Bigfoot is big. It's hair or fur. Yeah, you know. And so when it, I had a law professor, Mel Zar, I still remember this. He was our my I had him for civil procedure one and civil procedure two, and he was a great, great teacher. And he used to say he had a bunch of little phrases, stock phrases he had, but. He used to talk about, he said, I don't care what the issue is. If you let me control the question, I'll win. It does, yeah. I don't need anything else. All I yeah. want is to be able to control what the question is. Yeah, crazy. And I was, I mean, it was a, he was a, he was a smart dude and he understood, you know? And so the people screaming about it, and it, by the way, it includes, like, I, I think I kind of grew up pro-choice, you know, I was raised by a single mom and, you know, my sister's a social worker and, um, I had that same sense, but you know, you don't even need to Which be just like screams a, of indoctrination, by the way, yeah, me too. Cool. And me too, by the way, my mom was a and, lawyer for the County. Right. And, but you know, the funny thing is when I went to law school, you don't need to be a constitutional scholar. Like when you, they teach Roe v. Wade comes up, you know, late in like in con law two, I think, you know, you go through con law one, then you get to con law two. And like any course, like any university course, you know, in law school, when you go through, you'll appreciate this, this is kind of funny, but like, if you were studying, naval history like the history of you know shipping or whatever you would you would proceed the same way you'd start with like earliest versions you know historical big naval battles you know the age of sail the british empire you know what i mean you'd go along i had the technology technological advances and you'd study all that the you know uh the advent of steel bottomed boats and blah 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 right and, and yep. you go through well, you know, when you do the, the Constitution, when you take con law one in law school, you take con law one and con law two, it's the same thing. And so you start with like the earliest decisions, Marbury versus Madison and about judicial authority and you work your way forward. You know, <laughs> you don't get to abortion until 1973. So so and the problem is and I, I reread the you know decision in, you know, I kind of studied up for today to reread it and go back and read some other things. And it's it's a really hard sell. You don't really need to be a constitutional scholar because the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments came um, right in the period 1865 to 1870. They're, they're usually called the Reconstruction Amendments. And so they came, they came about um, after the Civil War. And the 14th Amendment was basically the 13th Amendment abolished slavery, 1865. And then the, the 14th Amendment – in response, a lot of the southern um, states started passing these laws to basically make life miserable for, for free blacks. And so the 14th Amendment was passed in response to that and ratified. It basically said no state could deprive, could deprive uh, a citizen of the privileges and immunities of citizenship. And, and it's kind of a vague thing. But the, the clear so, – so to protect – so to protect the slaves from states that were still trying to fucking find ways to fuck them. Yep. Okay. Yep. That was the 14th Amendment. Okay. You, you fast forward 100 years, you know, or more now, almost 105 years, you get to Roe v. Wade. And now the Supreme Court justices are saying that the right to abortion is found in the 14th Amendment substantive due process clause. I mean, that's a, that's a hard sell, you know, like the 14th Amendment was passed to keep Southern states from, you know, and, and, trying to analogize and and, and, and ginsburg right? knew it right she even said hey this isn't gonna stick and she was the hardcore lib right yeah she every you didn't you didn't need to be a constitutional constitutional scholar to appreciate that basically the supreme court created roe v wade on a whole cloth 
that there had been anti-abortion laws. It was illegal. Why did they do that? Was that 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 is that what politics is? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, the Supreme Court is is almost always chosen. All of the Supreme Court justices come through the same pipeline. They all go to the same law schools, Yale, Harvard. Yale's had like a big, huge majority of the Supreme Court justices have all come from Yale. They all clerk for a justice, they, you know, a clerk for a federal judge. They do the same pipeline. They go to a big firm and it, it, you don't have any diversity of thought whatsoever. You know, you've just got this monolith. And, and what are they fundamentally? It's people who read the New York Times. They're liberals. They're, they're upper middle class, white, proggy liberals from from big cities who, you know, think they know more about the world than they fundamentally do. And so what they believe is it ought to be is really what it is. And and that's what, I mean, they all believe that, you know, well, you've got to, women have to have the unfettered right to be able to, <laughs> to be able to, I, I don't want to, I don't want to overstate, but to be able to terminate a pregnancy because they, God forbid that would get in the way of their career or their I mean, that's really what's going on, you know, their ability to go to law school or their ability to, you know what I mean? It's people reveal a lot in those opinions because of their choice to have unprotected sex. Yeah. Which is ultimately what it comes, comes back to. Yeah. So, so women do have a choice and men do have a choice, but it's not the choice. It's kind of like, um, you have a choice, but there's some choices. Once you start down the avenue, you can't undo them. So, like, I throw a rock in mid-flight. I decide I don't want to throw it. I don't have. I've lost that choice. It's gonna hit. Yeah. It, it, it hits my neighbor and kills him. I'm going to jail. I can't be yeah. like, ah, I don't want. I can't take it back. Same thing if you mix a penis and a vagina and the penis ejaculates. You, some people think you should be able to take that back, mid-flight. <laughs> right. It's, I mean, fundamentally, by, by killing honest, isn't the constitution supposed to protect, um, well, aren't there three things it's supposed to protect life, liberty, and something else? Uh, pursuit of happiness. What's interesting okay, is original, so why doesn't it protect a Why doesn't it protect a fertilized? Why doesn't it protect a fertilized egg, which I think by definition is an embryo, which I, why why can't it protect that? Why, why didn't they just why didn't they just argue wh- which amendment is it that it's supposed to protect life? Why didn't they just argue that it's not life? And so the constitution can't protect it and therefore abortion is legal. Because there's been uh the common law going back for um you know probably a thousand years. If you killed a pregnant woman, you you'd be in a heap big trouble. There there'd always like been more so than if you killed just a, a non-pregnant yeah. woman. It wasn't consider- it was considered the the killing of two, not just one. So you and it was charged. Wow. Yeah, particularly heinous crime. There were more severe penalties for, you know, if it turned out you pushed a woman down and she fell and you know the baby died. Yeah, you'd be you'd be in heap big trouble. You could be charged. So the law had always recognized that reality. What's that? You could be charged for murder. I don't you know. I don't think you could, but there was some other, but much more severe crime because they didn't have murder the way we know murder and th- those kind right. of statutes. What if, what if right now today I was dr- drinking and driving and I hit a woman in a crosswalk who was six months pregnant, two months pregnant? Uh, most there's more, there's more bad, and I kill both of them. Does more bad shit happen to me yeah. than if I just killed a woman? Yeah. The law has always recognized that a pregnant woman's on a different, I mean, it, it makes sense. Look, the ancient oh, it totally world. makes sense. It totally I mean, makes it, sense. You know, the ancient world recognized that, like you and I are are pretty much dispensable, man. 
but a woman that's you know a woman can bring a baby into the world you and i just you know we can yeah we're we're interge- we're fungible you know we're like two different ten dollar bills it's a ten dollar bill it's a ten dollar bill it doesn't matter you know but a, but you need a woman to actually take a child to full term and bring a new life into the world so that's a that's a more valuable asset and that was always i mean just as a matter of human survival people had always recognized the importance of like hey man you know in fact the entire jewish i mean the jewish uh people are a matriarchal society rather than a you know work patriarchy is a recent that's a recent innovation too well it's had its ups and downs it's come up and down but <laughs> uh, uh there was roe Ro v wade what's this new one called that reversed Dobbs. vobs yeah. Dobbs with a yeah. d i forget it's something versus Dobbs, but um that's the the newest case <clears throat> so this is actually the more logical right decision to take the, the power out yeah, but why sure. can't the power why, why isn't the supreme court protecting what is the, why hasn't it come to the supreme court to protect um embryos if, if we're supposed to have um, protect life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then let me also throw this in there. Could you then could you then have a hysterectomy instead of killing the baby? You could you could say, hey, I'm just going to take out my uterus. And if there's a baby in there, fuck it. That's not my problem. No, most of the states now have, have had criminal statutes that, you know, that's what this was all about. The original Roe v. Wade decision, it was interesting because the woman was pregnant in 1970. And then by the time she'd already had the abortion. And so by the time we got up to the Supreme Court in 73, they're dealing with something that was a fait accompli. They're like, but there's a doctrine they have of um, problems that can recur and evade judicial review. And so they said, well, we're going to take this up and look at it. And it was largely an excuse. It followed a line of decisions, Eisenstadt v. Beard, Griswold versus Connecticut. There are a line of these decisions that kind of led up to this. We had a real activist court in the 60s. And ultimately, you get Roe v. Wade spits out at the end of it. But there had always, and, and it's funny because in rereading Roe, I forgot how much uh, Justice Blackman had go, gone over um, the history. I mean, he, he acknowledged that, yeah, like, abortion's been a criminal, <laughs> it's been considered a criminal practice for like 100 years in the United States. Or prior to pri- prior to that, yeah, prior to Roe v. Wade. So Roe v. Wade challenged a Texas law that criminalized a doctor providing abortion. So the doctor was the one facing, and that's the you know a lot of the what comes out of this and the hysteria that people kind of try to whip up over this is oh my god they're going to start locking up women who use the morning after pill or whatever you know it's like eh it's that's not very likely. Um, I, I did see that um, – I, I forget what it's called, but um, the day that uh, the Dobbs case happened, um, they had the governor of South Dakota on, and they had something called – I forget what it's called, but it's basically like soon – they had a law in place that – Triggering like, statute, yeah. Triggering, that, yes. And she also said that, hey, in that um, – and I noticed a lot of things I was seeing on social media. They were saying that women were going to die because they weren't going to allow abortion. But she immediately said, hey, we will not stop abortion if a woman's life is in danger. Yeah, that's always been that, – that's been a – I don't think there's ever been a law in the books that didn't acknowledge a – a call it a loophole, but a, a portion that always recognized that if the woman's life was in danger – it goes back to what I told you before. Like, you know – if a if a child 
threatened a woman's life. There are abortifacients exist. There are natural abortifacients. There are plants that you can, I mean, going back to like, you know, Ireland and you can mix up, there are different, I forget what it is, but there are different uh, plants that you can mix and take naturally that will likely induce an abortion. So it's not, this has been around, you know, these problems aren't new. This isn't something, you know, people getting pregnant by mistake for since the dawn of time, you know, since the the advent of the penis. So like, this is one you hear a lot about ectopic pregnancy. This is the, the, the egg attaches inside the fallopian tube somewhere. And women are saying that, and and if, if this baby grows in here, it will kill the woman. Yes. But, but all the States, the four or five States that I researched right away said that, no, there's, there's, we're not letting any women die. Yeah. No one would ever, an ectopic pregnancy would always be as a matter of just, routine medical like you would absolutely you would terminate that because it's it can't it's not going to take the child's not going to live anyway because it's not in the uterus it's not going to you know it's not it's it landed in the wrong spot and so the ectopic pregnancies aren't they they shouldn't be impacted at all by any of this none of this should make any difference to an ectopic pregnancy the um i hear a lot of people on the left saying that um uh, ruth bader ginsburg should have stepped down so no, that uh, we could have had a Democrat um, appoint her replacement. Is that a what? Do you have any thoughts on that? What's the what? What are your thoughts on that? I, I'll tell you. You know, it's I, I'll tell you how my thoughts on this. It's a lifelong it's also, position, right? It's a lifelong yeah, position, yeah, right? Okay. Right. So the Supreme Court is a is a life tenured. You know, you're on the court and you're there until you croak or decide you want to step down. Here's the interesting thing about it. You know, part of what I think motivated them to overturn Roe v. Wade is that for the last 50 years, every Supreme Court justice has had to go sit through these bullshit hearings where Republicans and Democrats both try and get promises from a justice about how they're going to vote on the next abortion case. (laughs) And so I think the Supreme Court justices were like part of the reasoning. They'll never admit it. But I think part of the, the, the the reason that they did this was the Supreme Court justices themselves were tired of the of these sham hearings and all this bullshit. And now it's off the table. And so now nobody has to ask a Supreme Court justice about how they're going to rule on Roe v. Wade anymore. That's over. <laughs> I think part of the reason was selfish that they were just like, we're not, I don't want to hear it anymore. And so now we can stop. So back to your Ruth Bader Ginsburg question, we can stop the nonsense of having presidents picking Supreme Court justices over and, and trying to manipulate when someone retires and who's the president and and so that like all that bullshit can go away because now Roe is gone and we can just all get back to just the process working normally. You know, in many ways, Roe turned the entire judicial process. It used to be if you look back at prior, like go back 100 years to um, the way Supreme Court confirmations went, they looked nothing like they they do today. Nothing like it was always considered that, it, you know, it's an advice and consent of the Senate. And it was basically most of the times the, in, you know, 100 years ago, even 80 years ago, somebody would nominate a Supreme Court justice and it didn't get anything more than a, it was just a rubber stamp. The Senate used to be like, well, you know, he's the president. That's his prerogative. He gets to pick Supreme Court justices. None of the show trials, none of the Kavanaugh bullshit, none of that. I mean, it's gotten out of control. And that's because, you know, both sides want control of the court, but particularly the left has always used it as a place to get things accomplished legally by getting a declaration from five of nine Supreme Court justices that they couldn't get in legislation. So it's, I mean, it's always the, it's always, they're doing exactly the opposite of what they say. So they're screaming about, we love democracy, you know, and except, except when people don't vote the way they want them to, then they want the Supreme Court to tell people 
what it's supposed to be. Right. You know, because I mean, you might think like, hey, look, if you're for if it's as if it's as popular as you say it is, if it's pop, if abortion is as big a deal to women as you say it is, then you shouldn't have any problem at all amending the Constitution, for example, or, you know, or even getting laws passed in the states. I mean, if it's if it's as popular as you say, but of course, the reality is I'll tell you the other part of this and why this is abortion has been around that nobody really talks about is because it's been a fundraising issue for Republicans and Democrats. It's a huge fundraising oh. issue. And so for decades, they've been able to, they're going to take away your rights and, and I'm going to fight for them. And I'm going to, we're only going to confirm justice. And that's been a huge, both team red and team blue have benefited immensely from being able to fundraise on the fears that, that come around abortion. And now that's gone too. Now it's just, it's back to the States. Now what are you going to do? You know, but that's it's it's there have been so many incentives malincentives to keep it in place that it's kind of surprising that they did i, I was shocked to be honest with you. I, i'm not even sure it's a good idea shocked what shocked what shocked that roe v wade was overturned oh, I was oh. By oh you, you you're not sure if it's a good idea i'm not sure if the i understand why the decision is but i mean i'd have to get into some some deep you know judicial philosophy about whether originalist or textualist or, and I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole, but you mean in regards to how the 14th amendment was uh, applied? Yeah. Whether substantive due process, I mean, Thomas is a, Hey, we should have done this under privileges, immunities. Does it fall under the ninth amendment? I mean, it really depends on what you view the constitution is. And it really goes back to, do you view rights as something that exists out there in the world, like that I have all the rights I, I want. And when the Supreme Court announces it, did they just discover it or did they invent it? Like, you know, so uh, the Supreme Court, you mean you mean when the Constitution, not the Supreme Court? Yeah, I mean, the Supreme, I mean, the Constitution invented it. Right. I know they always like to say that this this is our God given right. But I think anyone who can think says that, well, there's uh, there's no fucking such thing. You're just like the, the Constitution makes some things that we some presuppositions. And then from there, everything else grows. Well, OK. So right? there's a, or there's some a things example. by presuppositions, I mean, things that we're supposed to defend for the existence of this country to exist. Well, life, a, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Eh, let's let's take the big one we talked about. Are all people equal? Yeah. Are all people created equal? No. 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 We're not all created equal. Not at all. I Kyle do not Maynard have those traps. No I I do not have those traps that you have. What? <laughs> Kyle Maynard had no arms and legs. Yes, correct. Yes. And then, and uh, then we did better than all of us. <laughs> uh, and, and, yeah. Right. Right. Uh, Annie so Thor's daughter. Uh, Annie, Thor, Annie Thor's daughter burns quicker than I do. Right. Yeah. Right. No, all men are not created equal, but but the 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 assertion in the uh, in the Declaration of Independence is that we're equal. We're all created equal as we have equal moral dignity. That's the term I use. Okay. That by by virtue of being human beings and being creatures of God, that we we have equal moral worth, and therefore governments um, shouldn't do anything to treat any of us. There should be no distinction distinctions between us. The problem was they were creating that in a time when slavery still existed. Right. And so kind of baked into the whole thing was like, well, fuck, how are we going to, how do we deal with that? That's why life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you know, the original draft was not life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The original draft was life, liberty, and property. And I think oh. that in my opinion, Jefferson pulled that out because he was afraid that if they put the word property into the original 
constitution that it would it would have solidified the notion of slavery. It would have said at a oh. time when people owned other people. So if they had put life for liberty and property in there, wow. and yet that was really what they wanted to protect was property rights. It's always been at the center of Western Anglo legal tradition. But I think he pulled that out because in my opinion, Jefferson was in love with a black woman. That's Sally Hemings. Uh, uh, an, an, another uh, f- um, fascinating presupposition, Jimmy, or, or an acceptance of reality that is, is not in reality is ownership. And then on top of that, the idea of stealing like these, it's, 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 and then people will respond with to me. Like, I'll be like, Hey, you don't really own anything. Oh yeah. So how would you feel about your house? Not being yours. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not not saying that dude. I'm just telling you, it's like, it's something we've agreed upon. That's fucking made up. Do you want to have a view of reality or do you not like, I I don't care. I would like to live with more people. Yeah. It's a construct. Yeah. It's an incredibly useful one. Uh, very. Well, or or e- 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 we don't even have to take it that far. It, it's, a, it's, uh, it's an experiment that I'm happy I'm participating in. And I, I, don't, I think there's something more to it. I think there's a little more to it. Let me give you an example. Give a, okay. give, think about your kids. Did you have to have a discussion? Did you tell them at all about property when you gave them a binky, put it in their mouths? No, we didn't use binkies. Uh, we don't believe in that shit. Okay. So for most people, right? If you, if you, know, whatever it is, right? you give a kid something and then they have it, try and take it away to try and take it away from them and see what happens. Yes. Right. Did, did, were they lectured? Did, were, are they bourgeoisie? The kid's getting his shit in his pants. He can't even speak. No one, he didn't read right. lock. I mean, he didn't have any, nobody inculcated him with property. You give a kid right. something and try and take it away from him. And by the way, they the think, and speaking of slavery and ownership, they think they own me. They think Who? they own me, my kids. Oh, the kids? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They think they oh, own yeah. me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> they do. So, okay, no, I mean, so, it's, so it's, going to ownership. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think there's more to it. I, you know, if we we were talking about existing in a state of nature, if I if I lived up in the woods, right? Mm-hmm. I need to, and I built myself a little cabin. And I went out hunted and I killed it, you know, killed a deer and I put the hide up and then I'm like, Hey, I got to freeze this meat and kind of keep it for the winter. If you rolled up like, and I was just out there right now, I'm out hunting. I come back and you're sitting in my little lean to, and you're eating my food and you're, you know, sitting there and you're laying in my bed. And I'm like, yo man, what are you doing? And you're like, don't forget I'm with your girl too. Yeah. And you're like, property is a bourgeois construct. And I'm like, dude, yeah. I, that meat is what it's going to get me through this winter. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. I mean, it, it, so it's not, I don't think it's just a, I don't think it's just a made up idea that there's a very re- real necessity for some kind of distinction between like, Hey man, you, you, the problem is that, you know, nature just doesn't give its bounty to us. It doesn't just hand it over to us. You have to work. I mean, that's, the nature of the thing. So I so go on you think that it's, deer. You, you're suggesting that it's, I don't know if this is the right word, but it's the relationship between ownership and survival is not yes. close, but it's inseparable. Yes. Without ownership, you don't survive. Yes. And so therefore there's the argument yeah, I mean, I, I mean, uh, f- fuck you for coming on my show and fucking with my thoughts. <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah, that that yeah, thought. I mean, I see it. I, I I totally see it. If you didn't own that sandwich, then this motherfucker over here is just gonna come punch you in the face and take it and grab your car and your wife. 
Right. And then what? Right. Yeah, it's a it's an essential it's an essential and um, so for people to survive, we have to protect some basic elements of ownership. Uh on on the other end, Dale, um the the um that is the source of all misery too. This yes. this sort of this attachment to ownership, right? Uh, yep. someone someone does take your sandwich and all of a sudden you're pissed. Right. And you get a sandwich and you're happy. Yep. Yeah, it, everything, man, it, it, everything has baked within it its own its own problems. You know, you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. <laughs> there's, there's no way around it. Uh, hey, do you have do you have an opinion on um are are you a pro-choice or a pro-life person? Do you, do you know what you are? Yeah, I don't know that I have a I'll say this. I don't trust my government to everything government touches it fucks up. So I don't want them regulating abortion any more than I want them. Like I don't call the government when I need my toilet fixed. Right. You know what I mean, is it, is I, the same thing with like that with the death penalty? We know there's some people that need to be fucking killed, but we can't put the power in the, in the hands of the government because they kill the wrong people. I mean, they, they do. Yes. Yes. And so yes. you, you raped and you went into an elementary school and, or you went into a, a daycare and shot all the nurses and babies and now you have to be killed. But then we find out that it was actually t- after you're dead, the whole thing was a setup. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's a fucking man. Civilization is complicated. It sucks yeah. that there's people who, that are, who are, I like people that are cocksure, but it sucks that are pe- that are people who are so cocksure about these things. Yeah. They're the problem. Yeah, <laughs> a little humility a, would go a long way. It's a, re- a it is a, it is a really sensitive subject. The, the, the abortion thing. Yeah, it is, and it's it's so much more complicated than people like I. I don't, you know, Justice Blackman wrote the original opinion. I think he had been a counsel to the American Medical Association, and so when you read Roe v. Wade, it's got this whole trimester thing, and it's because he like he was around doctors, and so it's basically legislation written by. The Supreme Court. I mean, anybody who's read it, you know, that that was always the criticism. Are there pictures in there, too? Do they show no. like the – no, like <laughs> no. in the womb? But I mean, it reads like that. You know, it really does. And the original – Like, like the baby at this point has a heartbeat and yes. all five fingers and therefore – Yep, yep. Like it's they, trying to rationalize when it's alive and when it's not. Yeah. Yeah, they were using the traditional like quickening in the common law and they're like, but that doesn't really jive with what we know. And, you know, it was all about this new medical science, you know, is going to teach us. And it's like, yeah, you're – that's a duck on the real issue. But I'll say this. Most people, I think, would tell you that there is at least some – a certain reality. Like, for example, you know, suppose you're a woman and you get pregnant and you don't know it. And, and there's a certain period of time you probably won't, right? Six weeks, eight weeks. I think most of us have had scares or had some some kind of thing. And, and you wouldn't want to hold a woman liable, for example. You would, it wouldn't make sense, for example, say your wife had got pregnant. She didn't know it. She's seven weeks pregnant and she's out drinking or smoking weed and – or whatever, you know, doing something that, you know, doing cocaine or whatever that maybe would be not, would be ill-advised if you were pregnant, but she didn't know. Right. And, and the baby died as a result. You'd, you'd feel terrible about it, but you'd be like, ah, you know, your moral responsibility there feels kind of like, I don't know, you didn't know, you know? Right, you didn't you know, right. How would you, you know? So I think there's a certain sense in which you go, look, at the point at which you know, you find out that you're pregnant, that, oops, this has happened. And, you know, we didn't mean for it to happen. And now it happened. Your, your obligation, I think, is if you're going to do that, now is the time, not, not at week 38. And I think most people have a, a genuine sense of that, that like, 
hey, it, it didn't sneak up on you. You know, you found out at some point, week eight, week 10, week 12. And if you're like, I can't do this right now for whatever reasons you want, then do it now. Not Now, Catholics will kill me over saying something like that. And again, I'll say that my view of it is, um, my view of it is I don't approve of it. I don't approve of abortion as a method of contraception, but on the other hand, I'm not naive about situations that people find themselves in their lives. And how how about this? How about this? So the, the, the left says some really, really dumb shit. They say stuff like, well, what if you get raped or what if it's incest? And then you look at the numbers and it's insignificant. But, But listen to this dumb shit. The right says, how dumb is the right? I just looked this up in the BMG real quick. Nine out of 10 abort on the same end, the right's like, well, you can't be killing babies at 30 weeks. And I've said that shit too, right? Oh, what about these motherfuckers who are trying to kill babies seven days after they're out of the womb? Because there is legislation like that in San Francisco. I don't know if you've seen or out of California. It's fucking scary. But listen, the BMJ right here, just a quick Google search. We'll assume it's true. um, Says this. uh, Nine out of 10 abortions are done before 12 weeks. Oh, in many high income countries. So at that point, it makes me feel like, hey, dude, just let people do what they want. I'm not for I'm not for abortion. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to have one. Yeah, I'm going (laughs) to. Or if if my wife got pregnant, I would ask her not to do it. But 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 uh, but but to just let people do what they want to do. But then so so where where does the the argument come? Well, so then you're just going to let people kill babies but then i turn to this and it's like but 10 out of nine out of 10 are before 12 weeks right right hey i I go back to what i said this issue the people beating the drums about this issue have been this has been an issue that they they used to fundraise against and they make millions and millions of dollars to for their re-election campaigns and, and get everybody whipped up that's that it's the same thing with guns it's the same thing. It, you know, it's one of those, Hey, look, I don't like guns or whatever. You don't like them. Okay, fine. Don't, don't get one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe right, issues right, over for you. Right, you know, you don't like right. abortions. Don't get one. Right. You know, we've become, we've become obsessed with the notion that we all have to control what somebody else is doing. And that's, uh, the, that's the real bill of goods is like, uh, yeah, I yeah. I always ask people, are you, are, do you think that you know the difference between right and wrong in most situations that come up in your life? Like if something presents itself in your day-to-day life, are you like, oh, fuck, I don't know. I'll just flip a coin and hope and then pick one choice or the other. Or do you think you, you're you uh, enough of a morally developed person that you know the difference between right and wrong? And everybody will always tell you, no, I know the difference between right and wrong. Be like, okay, then like you're not confused about any of this, right? No. Okay. Well, then why the fuck are you worried about what anybody else is doing? Right, <laughs> like just right, right, yourself, right, right? Like right, everybody knows right. everything. Everybody's going to all figure it out. All right, great. Then, then, you know, why don't you just worry about you? Just take care of you. You got enough problems right there. I trust me. It's a hard enough job. Just controlling your own urges, taking yeah. care of your own shit, paying your rent. And we live in this world that's been created for us, this stereo opticon, which is just all about convincing us that we need to take an interest in other people's shit and business and tell them how they should live their lives. And the other part that I hate about it is that there's no room for forgiveness either. No, you know, I can, I can have this notion, yeah. like I can go and particularly on the left, that they've got a religion that, that has no forgiveness in it. And so that the secular humanism is, is just about demonizing the other 
and there's no chance for redemption. You know, like suppose I disagree with abortion. Okay, I, I don't think you should do it. And suppose one of my daughters had one. You know, she got in a bad circumstance and maybe she and she didn't want to confide in her old man because she didn't know yeah. how I felt about it. And so she yeah. had an abortion. And then I found out, you know, somehow it slipped out or whatever. Like it would hurt me more that she didn't think she could share that with me and didn't think that I would be there for her. Yes. Regardless of yes. my own stance on it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. That, that I, I would support you. I told my daughters, there's no crime you could commit that I wouldn't that you're still my daughter. Um, this dude popped for steroids and he came, uh, and he came on the show and I was telling him how bad I felt for him. And I was telling him that I bet you your parents feel really bad because because I would, I feel bad when my kids do something and they didn't come to me first. Like I let them down yeah. and, and so many people in the comments were like, how could you feel bad for him? And it's like, <laughs> it, it's, it's, so, it's so trippy to me because I want to be like, man, I, 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 I want to say something so crazy to those people. Like, how could you not feel bad? I feel bad for anyone. I feel bad for a, a drunk driver who kills someone. Yeah. Right. I right. don't get me wrong. I feel bad for the person who got killed too. And their family. Sure. I feel bad for, I, it maybe feel bad is not the right word, but. Empathy. It's empathy. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, yes, I, we, we live in a society that has tried to flens. I want to turn the clock back for those people. Yeah. And I right. want to show up at the party and be like, and people are like, well, they made that fucking decision. Yeah. Dude, I could yeah. fucking go into anyone's day and fucking show you a thousand times you are an autopilot. And then later yeah. on say you made that decision. Right. And if no, you were that, if, that's another thing people don't forget. If you were raised like Hitler, if you were Hitler, you would have done the same thing he did. Of course. Like you have to fucking remember that. Yeah, it's it's an empathy thing. We're, we've really, our society and, and social media is part of it is it's like it's so much better to dunk on people than to say, you know, like, geez, man, there but for the grace of God go I, you know, and, and just be, and just be cool, you know, yeah. just be cool. And, and say, even if I disagree with what you did, you know, even if I don't like it, even yeah. if it's something I disagree with morally, there's got to be there's got to be something at the other end of that, which, you know, in most Western theology and Christian theology was forgiveness. And and by the way, in my own belief, that's as close as we get to the divine. As close is, as we get to the di- divine it, is forgiveness. It's as close as we get. Wow. In our best moments, in our best moments. Um, is when we completely, and I mean, not with, I'm going to hold this against you years later. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, the forgiveness you have for your kid, when your kid does something fucked up and you see yeah. that kid wailing and killing himself over it and you just want to cry and you put your arms around him and you just beam love at that kid. And you're yeah. like, please, this is not the end. It's not, don't do anything stupid. You just have nothing but love for that kid. That's as close as we get to the divine. Hey, and- close as we are to touching it. Even when you're walking through a crosswalk and someone goes through it and they say, sorry. And you're like, no problem. Like they, they know they fucked up. Even at that moment, you feel the sparkles of that divinity. Yes. That, that, that lightness, that freedom, that, uh, you, and and it's sort of like a communion with humanity. You have this new belief. Like they said, sorry, you said, sorry. It wasn't like, fuck you. Nope. No, you got yeah. the best instead of the worst. Hey, I try and yeah. do what I'm driving, yeah. right? Guy cuts yeah. me off. And yeah. I'm like, ooh, I'm mad, but I back up, right? And then you can yeah. see the guy in the mirror look up at you and you meet his eyes. And he yeah. cringes, right? And he gives you a couple fingers and you're like, no yeah. problem. Yeah, I get yeah it. totally. I've had my head up totally. my ass too. No harm, yeah. no foul. Everybody's yeah. good. You know, I don't need to kill you. Yeah. You know, it's just all good. 
We're just yeah. driving. Yeah, we're just, just trying to get where we're going. And and the more you do that, you can actually you can reprogram yourself. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So that like nothing. You're you're yeah. It's just it's all good. Yep. Hey, that shit spreads like a disease. A healthy yeah, disease. Yeah. Yeah, we need more of it. The other shit spreads like a disease too, and that's the problem. We we have to counter it. It's so easy to just be like fuck that motherfucker, you know. Yeah. Um, Dale, thanks for coming back on. Yeah, thanks, man. Took a lot of time. Sorry about the tech. Fuck, I'm, I can't believe we pulled it off. Yeah, I was connected to my iPhone this whole time. I used my iPhone as a hotspot. Oh, and and last time you you didn't. No. Oh, crazy, weird. Send me your bill for your data usage. <laughs> I got unlimited, bro. Given how I talk. All right, um, I will be in touch. Um, I, th- I think we have we have tons more to talk about. Yeah, of course. And All maybe right. hey, I'll talk to you after uh, when you get back from Michigan. I'll let you know how that goes. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. I'll let you know how that goes. I'm supposed to be there. I, you know, he asked me to come. I'm like, all right, great. Awesome. And I go right from there. I'm going to go back to Coeur with him. He he. Oh, that's awesome, Dale. He's actually coming here. I think next week to rehearse. He's going to be doing the talk like for four, like rehearsing here. So I'll actually get to see him. Oh, I'll probably. It wouldn't surprise me if he hits me up to to come out for that. I got to see. I'm on. I'm out of the going on vacation here shortly, but for a week. Oh. Uh, where are you going? Uh, Gulf Coast. Oh, Texas, Florida. Uh, Southern Alabama, right along like the Redneck Riviera. Uh, is that Utah. really what it's called? Redneck Riviera? Yeah, joking. yeah the Redneck uh, Riviera. Gulf of Mexico, but down Alabama. Awesome. All right, dude. Thank you. Take Always great hanging with Bye. you. Yep. Dale, you were awesome. Jeffrey Birchfield. I can't believe we pulled it off, Sevon. <sighs> TWSS, what's that? Twas, twas, twas. I can't believe we pulled it off. I can't believe that it. Uh, I can't believe we pulled it off. Yeah, I'd eat a fried dick. Uh, yeah, I don't think I said that. Okay, I said it. Uh, you're the man, Dale. Keep coming on. Listening to Dale makes me feel smarter. I know. Me too. Thanks for hanging with those rascals. You know what I did one time? I saw something about the wrenches. I just went over to YouTube and anyone I recognized, I just um made him a wrench. Uh, the thing is, is I don't really, I, I don't, I don't know actually for a fact, but I don't think the wrenches actually kick anyone off, but they keep people in check from just doing stupid shit. Like you can say stupid shit. Like you can tell me, you can write in here, Sevon um, eats fried dick, but I, th- I think I already explained it. You can't just come in here and just say, I'm ugly. You have to like make a joke. Sevon, your nose is so big that when you sneeze, um, they feel it in two States over. Like it just has to be, it has to be some, I think there was a guy in here, YOLO, who was just like, just too much. And I think I, I haven't seen him in forever. So I'm assuming he got booted. And like, yeah, it was just like too much. It's like, have you ever had someone over to your house and they just like, you're trying to watch the fights or you're trying to watch TV or something. And they're just too high maintenance. They just won't stop talking. They're not comfortable in their own skin. So you just don't invite them over again. It's like, yeah, this is, this is our living room. If you do too much of something, you gotta go. You gotta go. If you don't, like murder, don't murder someone. I, 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 I see what you're doing there. I see, I see, I see you. Someone called me last night who lost an Instagram account and said that they think that I might be able to get mine back. But no, no, nobody, like the last 10 people that I've uh, reached out to, uh, to come on my podcast, just randos through Instagram, none of them have responded to me. When before I used to get responses all the time. Oh, what the fuck is this? 
This says it's tomorrow at 11 a.m. I cannot do that at 11 a.m. tomorrow. I thought it was supposed to be 5.30 at night. I, tomorrow we have a programming show. We'll be taking a look at the programming for the 2022 CrossFit Games with J.R. Howell and The Thumb. Taylor Self. Uh, that's weird that it says 11 a.m. on my calendar. I wonder what's it say on YouTube. It can't possibly say that on YouTube, right? Let me see. Um, oh, we have Matt Torres coming on. That's cool. I think we have so many. I think we've been scheduling so many games athletes. I don't see it. Videos? Uploads? Playlist? Home? Let me see. They go to the home. Must watch upcoming live streams. Yeah, it says 11 a.m. That can't be right. I cannot do that tomorrow. 11. I think that's going to switch to 5.30 p.m. Uh, I will check right now when we get off and have that updated. That should say 5.30 p.m. with J.R. Howell and Taylor Self tomorrow. And what it's the 2022 Cross the Games uh, events. It's going to be the first look at those events. So I'm pretty pumped especially since we don't know what the events are, but but we have a crystal ball. All right, guys. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I will talk to you soon. Yeah, Bruce, this is our house. Bye-bye.